This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. Man, get out my way and watch out as I come. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew. As far as the product goes. Uh, the voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. That's right, everybody. A Thursday edition of the FNA Podcast. It is Kevin Figures and Adam Osland with you as always. Thank you for Girl, joining us. you're thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Yes, she is. I don't know who we're talking about. Throw that ass back Thursday. Thursday. That's right. That's, that's that my, happened in the courtroom. It's my kind of girl. It was. A lawyer is reading a transcript. And girl, you're thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. And the coldest thing. Look up this video. And after she says it, he gives her a little nod like, oh, girl, you know. And he points to her both hands. That's me. That's yeah, my line. That's me. <laughs> what I'm going to do with this shouldn't be legal. That's Nick Young. That too. <laughs> Is he still? He got. He got locked up for like running from the cops or something. Did you see that a couple of weeks ago? I saw Gilbert Arenas wanted to challenge him to a three-point shootout or a mid-range shootout. So that was recently, yeah. And brought ten grand with him, yeah. but Nick Young didn't show up. Maybe because there's a warrant for his arrest out. That or he doesn't want to get shot. I know how Gilbert Arenas gets down. There is. I, a, mess with that. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, one. speaking of pointing with your fingers, <laughs> remember <laughs> him in the huddle back in the day yeah. or in the warm-up line. Uh, there's a video online of Gilbert Arenas back in the day with the Wizards having a shootout with money on the line, doing some betting with, I think, Deshaun Stevenson. Okay. And it's best out of 100. Who makes the most threes out of 100? He won. I would hope he'd win. Deshaun Stevenson wasn't that great of a three-point shooter. Yeah, well, Gilbert used one hand <laughs> to win that game. That's that's yeah, kind of G right that's there. Impressive. I mean, Deshaun Big was a, money on the line. Deshaun was a slasher. I mean, I guess if you want to say Deshaun trumped him, got a he got a ring, and I don't think Gilbert did. So Ooh. get him on that. He one. got micro fracture. Yeah, well, yeah, he did. Almost as good. Unfortunate. <laughs> Very unfortunate for Gilbert. So yeah. I didn't see that. Um, uh, but yeah, Gil- uh, Nick Young was pulled over by the cops, and they arrested him because they said he was obstructing or he wasn't cooperating. It wasn't even anything serious. I don't even know what he was pulled over for exactly. Whatever it was, it Uh-oh. didn't come off as that serious. But his bail was like ten grand. I was like, that seems pretty excessive. For Erra- whatever y'all pulling them over for. Erratic lane change or <laughs> something like that. I remember my buddy got pulled over once for exhibition of speed, which is where mm. you take off too fast on a green light yes. as if you're going <laughs> to eventually, as if you're hot rodding or drag racing someone and you're about to break the speed limit. Right. Hey, I haven't broke the speed limit yet. <laughs> Is there a speed limit if I try to get to zero to 15 miles per hour in a second and a half? I go rest me for something I was about to do. That ain't even <laughs> How right. Do you know? That ain't even right. <laughs> uh, now, what are you, demolition man from the future? It was called a routine traffic violation, which is what he was stopped for initially. Now, that could have been an illegal lane change. Did he, did he California roll up? Rolling through a stop sign. Who doesn't? California. Uh, it's the only reason I live here. But when they detained him or when they were talking to him, apparently he was being really uncooperative at the time. Uh-oh. And so Suspect that's, getting belligerent. Yes. So uh, they arrested him. They actually took him into custody for delaying an investigation, which is what they called it. 
but his bail was set pretty damn yeah. high. I do remember that. That's as big of an investigation as the cops trying to find the Big Lebowski's papers. He's <laughs> 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 trying to find the briefcase. Yeah, we got us working in shifts. That right. doesn't seem like at the top of the order of protecting and serving. Really shouldn't be. But it was like 3 o'clock in the morning like in Hollywood, and there was like a little TMZ video, and all Nick Young with his hand behind his back. Am I resisting arrest? Am I resisting arrest? And the guy recording the video was like, nope, nope. And then his other boy was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and, uh, yeah, and that's what the guy who was recording the video said to his friends, like, hey, shit the F up. No, he's not. You so, cheater yeah, so, on Iki Azalea. So uh, it's pretty funny. At least they didn't know. tase him. <laughs> that might have been excessive. I would have said that would have been pretty excessive for a traffic violation. Yeah. But We don't need a Rodney King situation with freaking Nick Young. Okay. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. That does not bring back glowing memories of Sorry, 78th and Vermont. I know you were right there when it all went down. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Greener pastures uh, on today's show. Uh, on the back end of the show, we have TK Trinidad. I believe she's joining us in studio, as a matter of fact. So we look forward to that. Oh, TK coming in for some in-person e-news. We used to do that a lot mm -hmm. on Saturday nights on the AM five seventy takeover of Raw mm -hmm. or FNA podcast takeover of Raw. I yeah, all of that. It's been so long. I, all, all of that. I forget the name for it. Exactly. <laughs> the FNA takeover. I think it was FNA. Yeah, but TK Trinidad comes in here, works for TMZ News, and so she's going to give us that entertainment news on a Thursday. Segment number two, he's back. It's on a streak. Yes, Bill Ryder, three is a streak. One, I don't know if you can miss me with that one. But three is a streak, and Petros Papadek is going to join us for the third consecutive week here on the FNA Podcast, talk some of that good college football from this past weekend and preview what's coming up this week. He is at staying home, as a matter of fact, at UCLA, going to the Rose Bowl to watch UCLA take on Fresno State. Good. More time with the family, less traveling. I'm sure he loves that. He'll be in a better mood when he comes on with us because of it. Yes. Probably. Maybe. Well, hopefully. You never For really know. the first know. five minutes. I will say I do miss some of those fun late Saturday nights where he had just gotten back. Remember when Baylor and West Virginia had that game in the snow and it was like 62 to 61 or yeah. whatever it was? You know Smith? He was on the sideline, I think, for that game, freezing his ass off. <laughs> and he has never been more pissed. He still came on the show. Yeah. Very Rick Barry-esque. Oh, F this mother F and that. Yeah, I'll come on the show. <laughs> and he was just on fire the entire time. That's what's great about Petros. He may be upset initially about coming on, but he always shows up, mm -hmm. usually. Unless yes. we can't get a hold of him because he maybe had a couple of pops, yeah, that a couple happens. of drinks. That happens, Grandpa's too. old cough medicine, and then which, he passes out. Which is fully understandable. And how can I blame him? I'd be a hypocrite. That's a, I think we all would. <laughs> so I ain't mad at him whatsoever. He who hasn't gotten drunk off his ass and passed out after calling a college football game in the snow... May the first to throw a stone or? Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw a snowball, maybe. Oh, yeah. ask Lincoln Kennedy. I'd rather not. Link is a huge man. Didn't he come on with Petros money earlier this He did. Week? came on with PMS uh, last week, as a matter of fact. Speaking of the Raiders. I was made a fool. What was his quote? I was made to look a fool. Because he said they weren't going to trade Mac? And then like two hours later, during the show he was hosting on Fox Sports Radio, they traded him. That's not going to happen. Well, he received, it happened. He received some bad information. That happened. Had bad intel? He got some bad information. What was he supposed to say? He works for the Raiders. I wouldn't say they're trading Mac either. Well, no, he, was, he wasn't towing a company line. He said, look, man, people I know within that front office, which tells you the kind of stronghold John Gruden has on that front office and how he's very much autonomously running things up there. He's like, there's no way we're trading this guy. It's not going to happen. He had it like, was a group decision. He had like three or four guys. That's how John's going to spin it a publicly. A big brainstorm. I'm sure it was. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure Reggie McKenzie was gung-ho on trading away one of the guys, one of the most. 
Best players in the history of the sport that his name is attached to. He did say, we had no intention initially. I never thought this day would come where we'd trade Khalil Mack. Yeah, I don't think he was much involved. Now, if it ends up working out, maybe then Gruden will be like, this was all me. <laughs> I'm delegating. Everyone was taking orders from me this entire time. If those two first round yeah, picks I hit. did it. It was all me. No one else. Just me by myself. <laughs> Nobody else. Me, myself, and I. I'm the T.O. of GMs and head of football decisions here. I want to see John Gruden doing sit-ups in his driveway. I think I'm, I think I'll pass on that. I kind of want to know what he's working with. Actually, is he? Has <laughs> he got some swole? To he him? has a bit of a gut. Now, have you seen him? He's got a little he, bit downhill. He still rocks the tucked in uh, polo shirt into the into the khaki pants. All right, it's um, not as tucked in as it used to be because no. of that gut. He was a lot thinner back in the day. Now he was also 34 back then, or 35 when he first got the Raider job. What is he? 55 now or 56? Badass. Yeah. So did did I hear this right? A buddy of mine told me this. You can confirm this because you know the Raiders as well as anyone. That John Gruden, and we were talking about this recently, those Hooters commercials, yeah. those awkward Hooters commercials when he was doing his broadcasting on Monday Night Football that would always air. My buddy told me he used to work as like a fry cook at Hooters. Is that true? I cannot <laughs> confirm that. I don't know if that's true or not. I couldn't tell you. It's, it's like one in a f***ing million. That would pretty be pretty amazing. hilarious if he did. Like Before but. he was part of... The Bill Walsh coaching tree? Yes. He was working at Hooters? Did Hooters exist back then? I don't even know these things. When did Hooters start? I don't know. I mean, they'll say they started in 1890 because everybody does. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> to sound reputable. and yeah, You can trust us. Sure we can. <laughs> yeah, whack-ass sauces. I don't know. I heard that. Maybe someone can get to us on Twitter. Yeah. I might follow Adam A. He's at KFIG1. I mean, it's possible. I... I would think I doubt it. He grew up in a football family, and we, there was so much talk about the McVay family and the Gruden family and how far back they went. And like John knew McVay's father when he was a young graduate assistant. Like they both have the photographic memory or right. whatever it is. So, we look, heard Sean McVay the other day recite any play from any point in his career. Done that a couple of times, which is pretty freaking amazing. Now that's impressive. I'd say so. But I'll say this: I have never forgotten one Instagram photo. From his, his Ukrainian girlfriend. It's pretty hard. And that's that's pretty good, too. Even when she tried to block people and go private. Exactly. That was Those were rough times. She just opened her account back up a couple days ago. <laughs> I heard, but I had them all saved up here. In the, I, heard, so I, thought I, I heard a choir sing. I wonder what that was about. It was like Sean McVay lifted the... Oh, uh, yeah, he, he took the locks off of uh, his girlfriend's Instagram account so we can all enjoy it. You think those are real? Hey, hey. She had a fat ass. Not the ass. I'm not talking <laughs> about some Nicki Minaj type thing. women nowadays fashion themselves as She's models. She's not the biggest girl. No. But they look... Pretty good. If if they aren't, it's good work. It's hard to tell these days, to be honest with you. She needs to release more pictures. <laughs> she does. I need to do some more investigative journalism, you know, on that one. I'll, uh, oh, we can get on that. We'll be investigating tonight. We'll get the FNAI team on that and uh, see if where's I, Magdaleno. See if I can roll down to Orange County, go to some Rams practices, and figure out where. I mean, Sean. Let's Sean, see. We just talked Hooters and Sean McVay's Ukrainian hot ass model girlfriend, and somehow David Magdaleno did not run in the door. Right. I he must be working. He must be <laughs> preoccupied. But I'm sure his ears are on fire right now for sure. <laughs> Speaking of John Gruden, um, let's get into a little bit of this and uh, talk about some of the headlines involving some of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's go. Let's go time. Let's go. Uh, one of the headlines on the uh, announcement of starting quarterbacks. Well, I'm glad you asked, Pat. Well, we can announce. We would pull up any starting quarterback story just for this. What well, are the headlines well, on the starting quarterback? Well, with that, we didn't plan on discussing it, but we'll get it out the way. Um, since Matt Money Smith is the voice of the Bolts, 
Chargers are hitting the Buffalo, and uh, they made a quarterback change. We talked about the struggles of Nathan Peterman. Oh, I thought you were going to say Phillip Rivers is out. No. You know Smith is God. in? Have you seen his backups? God, no. They were, If Phillip Rivers had a broken leg, they would wheel him out there in a wheelchair and have him still start quarterback. Well, uh, has, has he not played on a torn ACL before? Yes. We've seen it. He's not missed a start. I don't think he's missed a single start in his career. That's impressive. Is he going for uh, Peyton Manning's record? Did he fall short? Because of the neck uh, far, injury, I think I don't he remember. Did. Yeah, right. take it easy, old man. I'm getting old. I remember. I think Farm might still have it. Okay. Okay. But yeah, Philip. Keep Rivers, playing, Philip. Yeah, Philip's going after it. Uh, Nate Peterman starting uh, in Buffalo for the for the Bills this week, and uh, excuse me, I said Josh Allen starting in place of Nate oh, Peterman. I was going to say this is breaking news. Yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen is starting in place of Nathan Peterman. So there's there's a starting quarterback change for you there, Pat O'Brien. I did hear Matt Money Smith give the same stat that we had mm-hmm. Monday on the show yeah. in our uh, NFL six-pack where Nate Peterman, when he threw all those picks last year, five in the first half against the, San Diego, against the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> They're mean, a disgrace. Where, you Who mean cares? Where, you mean where they should be as opposed to where they are? Sure. Chargers. Oh. That QB rating was better than his QB rating on know. Sunday against the Ravens, which was a 0.0. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, it kind of makes me question the QB rating Doesn't system. It? I now know 158.3 is a perfect QB right. rating only because of Madden. Now that's a QB rating and not the ESPN QBR. made QBR, is it? Which accounts for more rushing stats because I saw Tyrod Taylor was like second a couple years ago in that. Mm. And I was like, wait a second. I like Tyrod Taylor. I like his ad- attitude. I love the way he handled the situation last year when Very he was benched for Nate Peterman. I like everything I've seen from him on Hard Knocks. I'm rooting for him. Baker Mayfield can be the future. Let Tyrod Taylor maybe get get them to the playoffs one time. That'd be great. But <laughs> not push it. he ain't second in any QB category that I know of. <laughs> maybe he's second in rushing kind of quarterbacks. He legitimizes the whole the stat. In week one of the 2018 season. Maybe. It may have been eighth in QBR still. And that was, I think, in 2016. So a couple years ago, he had well, a good season. And I'm I'm guessing the Q, the quarterback rating in its original you know inception is supposed to talk about your total accounting of what you do at the quarterback position. But if yeah. it doesn't account rushing yards, there are some quarterbacks who use their legs as more of a weapon than than their arm as as opposed to others. So that's maybe true. that's a factor you should put in there. Is Michael there... Vick's effectiveness as a, as a quarterback. I mean, late in his career, he was an amazing passer. But early on, he struggled um, at times throwing, uh, you know, um, as a passer, but was amazing as a runner. So if you took his total production as a runner and a passer, yeah. was it as maybe it could have been better than whoever was an average quarterback, Elvis Gerback. I mean, I'm sure it was better than Elvis Gerback. <laughs> I'm just pulling a, a name of his contemporary who he, who he may have played against back then. They should have got rid of Gerback for Rich Gannon, but they made a mistake I'm, no, in no, Kansas they City. Have. I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> I'm very glad they didn't. It's amazing to me that Gerback gets hurt. Gannon comes in, wins all these games. They put him back on the bench, and Gerback continues to suck. But one's a one he man's was trash okay. is another man's He was trash. Young's backup Yeah, with the 49ers. He was. So he was kind of supposed to be their initial Rich Gannon. He was. He looked good in some mop-up time and a few starts here and there for the 49ers, so we're going to get this guy. Little did they know they had Jim, Jim Drunkenmiller instead. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, yes. Hey, look, he had, a, he had another chance to get it done in Baltimore. Didn't work. They brought him in after they won in 2000 with Trent Dilfer. They, they thought he'd add an extra dynamic to their offense. They thought it'd be a major upgrade. Now, their defense wasn't as good, too, so they slipped in that area. But, yeah, I don't think they even made the playoffs that year. The year after they won the Super Bowl? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't say. think so. 2001? Yeah. Okay. It's hard to tell. But we got off on a tangent. We are talking about John Gruden. The quarterback guru. And, uh, well, his quarterback did not look very good on Monday night. Mm. And John let the media know about it. 
<laughs> very openly. After the game, he hinted at it, and then on Tuesday's press conference or Wednesday's press conference, uh, he just went full bore, uh, basically saying that Amari Cooper, there are plays to be made, and I'm paraphrasing, but there are plays to be made downfield that Amari was open, and we, and by we, there's only one quarterback. They didn't put, you know, they didn't put EJ Manuel. Well, he got cut. He's not even there anymore. They didn't put the backup in the game. So we it is wasn't Derek McCarron. Carr. We <laughs> is Derek Carr. Thank you, or his girlfriend. <laughs> we is we is Derek Carr. We did not cut it loose and actually make plays downfield when Amari yeah. Cooper was open. We have to do a better job of doing that. The honeymoon's over. Yeah, <laughs> that was quick. Piece of and I was looking some stats up with De- with Derek Carr actually. Because I mentioned the QBR earlier and seeing that stat on Tyrod Taylor. Initially, I was looking up stats on the 2016 season that Derek Carr had a very good year. He was in the running for MVP before he got hurt. What, the second to last regular season game of the season? They lose to the Houston Texans in the first round of the playoffs. But there are some deceiving stats, and the QBR had him ranked as 16th. And I thought... Uh, That kind of takes away from the legitimacy of the QBR. I think he was eighth in quarterback rating, something that I put a little bit more stock into. But something that's been brought up for a while that people have taken notice of is that he is not taking as many shots down the field, especially now the last year and a half. The last two years, for sure. And it was noticeable in this game where the first stat I heard was only nine of his 40 attempts were passes towards a receiver. Correct. And then I heard that it was seven attempts or seven targets, five completions, four receivers. None of those were passes in the second half because he was 20 of 24 in the first half against the Rams under duress against one of the best defenses, best defensive lines, and now maybe best secondaries in the game. It's not easy, but... When push came to shove in that second half and he needed to make some plays, and Amari Cooper is one of those guys that can be a big-time playmaker for you. We talked with Chris Hansen last week about this, not that Chris Hansen. You have a seat right over here for me. But he's supposed to bring out John Gruden, the best in Amari Cooper, as well as Derek Carr. Those three guys are really tied together, and he's called Amari Cooper, by the way, John Gruden, the centerpiece of the offense. He gets three targets, one catch, nine yards, that's not enough. And if the reason is because there's too many checkdowns going on, like mm-hmm. he's Alex Smith out there That's a problem. and not as uh, great of a game manager and, and not as great as Alex Smith is obviously not turning the ball over, then yeah, this is a young quarterback who we thought was on his way in 2016 to being one of the elite guys, and now it looks like he's regressed. And there's a couple of problems here. Number one, I'll just address John Gruden calling him out in the media. It's very much of an old-school we made fun of the whole Bill Parcells, how he would call players out all the time. You just don't see too much of that nowadays with how these players need their ego stroke and need to be coddled. Now, Derek Carr doesn't seem to be the type of player that would cause too much of a stink about it. He seems pretty mature, pretty down to earth. He talked about it being a paternal relationship when John first got there and they spent so much time together. And if it is truly like a paternal relationship, your dad's going to put his arm around you sometimes and sometimes he's going to smack you on the ass, you know. Yeah. But... I don't know if it was necessary for John to call him out that way in the media. Some of that stuff can be true. Yeah. I don't know if you necessarily need to need to put the guy out there on blast because and look, and John's not making it up. Uh Greg Cosell is one of the great NFL films guys. He's Howard Cosell's grandson, I believe is what he is. Been working at NFL films for a long time and he backed up what John Gruden said saying like he said man, Amari Cooper was open all night. Like Amari Cooper had beaten guys deep the entire night and to your point Adam, one of the better secondaries in the NFL. I don't know if it's that Derek Carr was tentative because 
He's been victimized by Aqib Tlaib when he was in Denver and by Marcus Peters when he was in Kansas City before, and he's tentative about it. If he felt overly confident because Jared Cook was so dominant all night and he started looking in his direction a lot more. Most receiving yards by a Raider tight end in, in history? John, more than Dudley? Yes, uh, <laughs> more than – thank you. Another John Gruden gem. Um, I think John Gruden says he pressed Al Davis to draft Jared Dudley. He shouldn't say that. Not Jared Dudley. Yeah, maybe he should have drafted Jared Dudley. He would have been better than Ricky Dudley. <laughs> um, and, I, and also uh, – John Gruden brought up in his press conference that part of the game plan was to throw the ball underneath to, to their running backs because they felt they had a great mismatch with their running backs against right. the Rams linebacking core and that maybe Derek Carr overcompensated those matchups without looking at his other receivers downfield and recognizing mismatches. So I do think there's a certain – you can give Derek Carr a little bit of a mulligan in saying this is the fourth offense or the third offense he's played in and is uh, at four or five seasons being a professional quarterback, and that can be easy. Now, that being said, I don't know what that one interception down the left sideline was all about. That's unforgivable. Neither did he when he got to the sidelines beating himself over up over yeah. it the whole time. And even in his explanation after the game, he kind of talked in a circle, and I still didn't fully understand what he meant. When he, so it's almost like he was caught in between throwing the ball, re-clutching the ball, not knowing. He says, as soon as I threw the ball, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Mm. So I don't know what exactly happened there. It all went downhill after he threw that interception, to me at least in the second quarter, when he had Jared Cook uh, in the end zone and he underthrew him and the Rams intercepted it. And that's kind of like when the offense hit a bit of a stall at that point. And to the criticism of he's not a good thrower when it comes to pushing the ball down the field, last year, he led the NFL with seven interceptions on throws of at least 20 yards downfield. Now, John Gruden is here to kind of fix Derek Carr in a way or to at least mask his deficiencies and get him back closer to where he was in 2016. But it was even last year that Jack Del Rio criticized him for throwing the ball underneath way too much. Yeah. I think his yards per attempt were 6.8, which puts him at like 19th in the league in 2017 yeah, he of all quarterbacks. was very conservative with it, and I don't know why he was being tentative and going downfield, only he knows. I'll say this, coming off of those injuries, he had the broken leg, which we talked about two years ago, and then last season, people don't remember, by week two, he had a bad back, yeah. and that kind of hampered him the remainder of the season too. So those are things you have to take into account, and it looked like to me on Monday night, you tell me, he looked kind of tentative in the pocket. Like yeah. he was, people talk about seeing ghosts, I felt like he was feeling ghosts or feeling phantom pressure that wasn't there, and that's what kind of made him a little bit tentative and went, had a, some hot feet and wanted yeah. to get the ball out a lot quicker because he felt he was going to get hit. You're going to have that feeling anyway when you're playing against an elite defense, but if you're not fully comfortable behind there in that pocket, just getting yourself set and getting comfortable and working yourself up, I can see how if you're feeling ghosts in there, maybe you start making throws that you normally wouldn't or you're avoiding making throws that you normally could if you gave yourself more time to stand back there. And the injuries have added up maybe mentally on him, and that could be the reason that he isn't waiting in the pocket or being, you know, Drew Bledsoe back there, complete statue, and waiting for plays to develop. But that's a huge red flag, as we always no talk doubt. about with Daniel Jeremiah. No doubt. The one thing he looks for when he's scouting quarterbacks, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, now he is the color analyst on the Chargers broadcast with Matt Money Smith, the one thing he always looks for to identify a quarterback is poise. That's the first thing he looks for and he says is the most important thing. And remember, this is what happened to David Carr. He got His PTSD. Brother. He mm -hmm. was shell-shocked after getting 
literally sacked 76 times his rookie year. It's an NFL record. It's unbelievable. Still a record. It's about twice as many sacks as I think uh, what the average quarterback would take in a season. I would think so. I think it's like five and a half sacks per game it comes out to, it averages out to. He was never the same. Maybe his career trajectory could have been different. He could have been a much better quarterback if it wasn't for them, you know, getting that baptism by fire with an expansion team that didn't have an offensive line because Tony Baselli, Tony Baselli, mm-hmm. who I think he's the best offensive lineman I've seen in the modern era, uh, he had a shoulder injury that he never came back from when they drafted him in the expansion draft. But if Derek Carr now is having his own cobwebs and getting happy feet like the stupid Penguin movie, then. This is something that has to be addressed immediately. I I don't know how you fix that. Though. I don't either. Like, does he just have to get hit more, realize he's going to be okay, it's not going to be the finger, it's not going to be the back, it's not going to be a broken leg every time, and just get over that mental hurdle somehow? Because that's going to hold this team back and hold him back from ever achieving you know, the quarterback greatness that we thought he could have because of the tools and the talent that's there. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, anybody can break through some mental issues or excuse me, physical issues, but if you have mental issues, if once you're mentally shot, there's no recovering. I don't care what kind of offensive guru you may have. And unless and until Derek Carr fixes those issues that he's having, and again, it could just be as simple as he was playing against a great defense and a brand new offensive system and he was confused and missed a read or two. Who knows? He can come out this week and light up Denver. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible. Good defense, too. It is. That is so that doesn't help. You know, getting started. Von Miller against, had three sacks last week. Against defense is that good. Now, the offensive tackles for the Raiders actually play pretty well. All the PF. They've invested a lot were, in that offensive line, right? They, well, they drafted Colton Miller, which I wasn't a fan of, out of UCLA. They said he had a, one of the better grades of any left tackle in the NFL in week one, which is encouraging. Pro football focus. Yeah, and so yeah, and so did uh so did Donald Penn, who hasn't played right tackle since preseason of his rookie year which was ages ago. Yeah, uh, It was the interior of their offensive line, which, by the way, which is where all their money is, that got roughed up a little bit. But again, you're playing against Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald, you know, two of the best defensive tackles we've had in the league the last decade. And he was under tremendous pressure for most of the game. Especially so that second half. You could say maybe he was just seeing ghosts because early on in that game, uh, Aaron Donald had a big sack against him. Maybe it was just well, that individual game going up against that particular defensive line. And that's a great call because that sack was called back because they called him for hitting below the mm-hmm. whatever, whatever these BS for roughing the passer penalties. I'm a Raider fan, and I thought that call was BS. <laughs> but if you're Derek Carr and you got hit on a similar play like that two years ago and broke your leg, you know I can see how that can probably affect you mentally. Mm-hmm. Or it can get to you. You start feeling things around your feet that aren't there. Now he says... Because he's being questioned about these things. That's how apparent it is. That's how much this narrative is starting to build up with Derek Carr and not getting the ball down the field. He said, quote, after the game, in terms of if he's thinking about those past injuries, if he's skittish in the pocket, he said, honestly, I don't think about it until after I'm laying on the ground and making sure everything's all right. I've been there one too many times. You don't think about it in the game because you're flooded with with decisions, coverages, fronts, and pressures. He's saying the right things. He's a smart guy. That's logical. That makes sense. There's no time to think about anything else. But the problem is, if there's any time made at all for thinking about that, maybe 99% of his brain, and I don't want to get into the Michael Beasley thing, but 99% of his thoughts are in terms of what's happening on the field, the coverages, he's reading the defense and all that. But if there is a sliver of a chance that he is thinking or a sliver amount that he's allocating to thinking about past injuries 
and being concerned about that, that's too much at mm-hmm. this position when things are moving so fast. Because it can take your if it takes your focus away for a half second, or maybe you pull back on a ball and don't don't fully extend because you're afraid of you know who knows. And those are things that can even happen happen involuntarily. By the way, yeah, because you're just bad habits. You're developing. expecting to feel something that's not going to be there. Those are things that you can even mentally, not even consciously, be doing, and it can happen to you. I'm not ready to go doom and gloom yet. No way. It's week one. You know, and by the way, for as much criticism as Gruden has gotten, which I think is warranted for Mac and some other stuff, I thought he actually overall called a pretty damn good game for not calling a game in I 10 agree. years. That touchdown play, that first initial drive by the Raiders going out there and putting up seven immediately, I thought the play calling was impressive. I thought he was right to attack the areas they did. It was just too much of one style against a great defense that at halftime is going to adjust to it, and then you have to find your other options, but Derek Carr and, wasn't. And see, that's the thing. I'm putting I'm putting this on Derek. I'm not putting this on John because yeah. if plays are to be made by your playmaker, Amari Cooper, if you're, if you're Derek Carr – you know the DC part of the ACDC's got to do his job. You know like you got to give you got to give him a chance to be able to make plays out there. So uh, hopefully for them they'll be able to fix it uh, moving forward. But um, I'm the not POS DC. Yeah, uh, one of the headlines. Hey, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree with you on John Gruden there. I it's way too early to say anything definitively about what's going on with Derek Carr because there's too many variables. But you just want to see him trending closer to where he was in 2016 right that he's making strides and then you can give John Gurdon even more credit that he was the right hire because he's got Derek Carr playing at a higher level right that's what it has to be and Amari Cooper has to be a big part of that but I did like the play calling overall I agree I love I love I like, I I like the way vi- their defense played for the most part too they obviously don't have the talent but, but I thought hard, some of the man. scheme worked and that's Paul Gunther man now yeah. they they got they got a couple of defensive tackles hurt so that doesn't help their calls going into Denver. But hey, 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 Case Keenum threw three interceptions last week, so maybe that'll help. Also like that dick six by Marcus Peters. <laughs> I didn't like that one so much. It ain't the pick six. No, it's not. <laughs> Paying homage to his buddy, Marshawn Lance. Beast mode! The facto cousin is what they call each mm. other. They're not actually blood cousins, but they call each other cousins because they grew up together. Is that like the Tracy McGrady-Vince Carter cousin thing, or are they actually cousins? No, I think they're biologically <laughs> cousins. Okay. I think. I haven't, I haven't heard otherwise. They got the leaping ability. They sure as hell do. They both, <laughs> shared both that. could play. That's for damn both sure. Both in that dunk contest. Uh, two guys have something in common. Diminutive. Very diminutive. One of them is going his way to the Hall of Fame and has a Super Bowl ring. The other, ah, who knows? But if you ask the guy who's been around and who's headed to the Hall of Fame, he thinks the young gun can actually be better. I'm talking about Drew Brees, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, when quoted in the media this week because he'll be taking on the Cleveland Browns. Now, Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick of the draft, obviously not playing. We talked about Tyrod Taylor a little bit earlier. He's taking the reins right now before Baker gets in there, maybe sometime this season, maybe not until next season. But Drew Brees said he thinks Baker Mayfield can be better than him, says he's more athletic, he can run around better than Drew can, and Drew says he also has a stronger arm, which is true, but... Yeah, that's about the only part that's true I do think we talk about this, and Petros brings it up a lot, that circumstances matter, where you get drafted, who you get drafted by, who you're playing with. And I think when it comes to Drew Brees, by the way, and this is something you've brought up in the past too, you know, the majority of his success has come within that dome out there in New Orleans, and that's something that can't be discounted when talking about his numbers. Yeah, his and even key. before that, sorry, even before that, playing in San Diego, it's a, it's a warm-weather city, you know, good Weather control, 78 degrees more often than not, even through December. You know, you're out there playing in Cleveland. 
you know, eight games, and then you got to play in Pittsburgh, and then you got to play in Cincinnati. You know, you try playing out there in December when it's 25 degrees and try cutting balls through the snow is different than when you're playing in climate control than the dome. Maybe Baker Mayfield should just try to be better than Sam Darnold is, or try to be better than Derek Anderson was in that 2007 season for the Browns, or one of these guys that has had a little bit of success, Kelly Holcomb. For the Browns, the last quarterback yeah. to get them to the playoffs well, back in 2002. Defense. He didn't say this. Drew said it about him. No, no, him. no. I, it, it upsets me when older players always do this. I know they're trying to be encouraging and they're trying to be positive, but you are putting a little bit of pressure on them. Just making that comparison between yourself and some guy who's about to play the toughest position in sports where it's a crapshoot in the draft. Oh, and nobody has success with the Cleveland Browns. Michael Vick said this about Lamar Jackson. He compared him so that he can be even better than me. They always said this next generation is mm-hmm. going to be better. And part of it is because they bestow their knowledge upon him and all that. I get it. But why? You're not even playing him this week. He's not even the starter this week. It's yeah. not the biggest deal in the world. It's just unnecessary heap praise yeah. upon a guy. And now the expectations or that at least headline is going to be there and haunt him possibly. Yeah, and Drew says it, and I think a lot of people in the media, whenever someone looks like the composite of someone else, yeah. so he's because the, Drew is, because Drew is short and Baker is short and they're both given up on and, and all that jazz, he feels like he needs to kind of make that impar- that comparison and uh, and stick up for him a little bit. I didn't hear the leading question, Neither and it may I. have been about that and him having to respond to something. And – Look, it's not the biggest deal, but I will say it's stupid because if he's going to be a lot better than you, that means he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And I know I throw out the stats a lot, and I hate on Drew Brees a little bit because, look, in San Diego, his best season was 27 touchdowns. It was really just one really good year where Mm -hmm. his QB rating was above 90 in those four seasons where he started in San Diego. And then with the— That was the second to last year, I believe. Yeah. And then he has the arm injury in the Pro Bowl, and then he goes to New Orleans, and the disparity between home and away and dome or outdoor games for him means a QB rating difference of 12. He goes from being good to maybe Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback ever when he's in a dome. And I've looked at other guys. I've looked at Peyton Manning. The difference between him in a dome or out on the field is just uh, difference in five in QB rating going so not up. not that big of a dip at all. Now, Tom Brady's is 16, but he's only played 25 games ever in a dome. Yeah, he's it's outdoors all the time. sample size like those two guys who you could better compare yeah, to one another. If anything, you'd give him more credit for playing more games out in the cold weather out there in New England and New York yeah. later in the season. I would say if I'm a coach with the Browns or if I'm anybody encouraging Baker Mayfield, it's just... Just be the best you can, and hopefully we get to the playoffs someday with oh, you. Oh, I think they are. If you're half a Drew Brees, you're great. Yeah, and Baker seems to have a decent enough head on his shoulders. People call him out for being a tool and being full of himself and all that. I, like I his haven't attitude. seen any of that. He has an edge to him, which, look, if you've he been— grabbed his nuts. These nuts. I would, too. They were talking <laughs> you trash grab his nuts? <laughs> These nuts. Yes, I would grab Baker Mayfield's <laughs> nuts, Adam. <laughs> Just you know, people don't even know the backstory as to why he did it. He was standing at midfield. By the way, ready to shake hands before a game against Kansas of all teams, and they wouldn't shake his hand. So he says, man, F you. You're the Kansas football team. This ain't basketball. What the hell is wrong with you? You want to disrespect me? Fine. I'm going to roll up 50 on you right quick. And you want to talk tra- – and they talk trash about him across the field. That's why he grabbed his nuts and was talking to him. Yeah. He has a little bit of an edge to him. I don't mind it. He has some Phillip Rivers in him. 
That could be good. That could be bad. He, I don't necessarily mind it. He has the fiery side of Johnny Manziel, but I think he also has his life together. There yeah, you were never also hear. comparisons with them two. That was unfair. Just the way they play. He had the one incident where he ran from the cops, which is not good, obviously. No. That's not a good look. Ask Nick Young. Now in Nick's defense, he didn't run. Am I Baker running Mayf- like Baker Mayfield? No, I'm not. Baker Mayfield no. actually took off and ran from his own video. Well, he was confirmed wasted, right? Yeah, he was. <laughs> Plastered. Wasted. Uh, yeah. Like the Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it's like wasted in more ways than one, I guess. <laughs> like wasted in, uh, yeah, exactly, like GTA. Uh, so outside of that, he's been a model citizen, at least it seems like, since then. And again, he has a chip on his shoulder because he's been, he was a walk-on at Texas Tech, was successful there, yeah. was a walk-on at Oklahoma and won a Heisman Trophy and was a runner-up for another one. Well, I like how he faces criticism, too. He came on with Colin Cowherd. I just think he's sharp. He he's got a wit about him, watching yeah. him on hard knocks. And he's a natural leader, and all, they've, all the players like and the coaches Josh Allen. have said that about him. It looks like a freaking meathead like idiot from an 80s movie. Outlook, I think he played pretty well in the preseason for what that means. I don't know if it means a whole lot. Baker or Josh? Josh Allen. <laughs> okay. Baker, too. But Josh Allen, in the times he had, was in the time he started a game in the preseason, well, he had no time to throw. Uh, but I thought he did a decent job this week against the Chargers. Yeah, I'm not that encouraged. It's I'm going not, down, yeah, even without Joey Bosa. I'm not <laughs> game over, man. It's game over. Yeah, another Chargers injury on top of what happened last week within the game yeah. and how the way they played. They also have the typical big injury going on. It's not just their tight end anymore. Now Joey Bosa, their best defensive player, is out. And it's going to be a week-to-week thing? Week-to-week. He's out at at least this week and possibly or likely next week, too. Heel issues? They called me Mr. Glass. Heel spurs? He's had some foot issues the last couple of years. Had foot issues last year that made him miss a lot of camp. Yeah, that's great for a defensive. Attack. Oh yeah, you don't need your foot. A defensive lineman nah. that rely, relies on speed rushing and quickness to get around guys. Don't need your feet at all. <laughs> Speaking of feet, this guy has two. Well, no, he oh, has one. He has one good. He's got foot. a cadaver Sorry. in one of his feet. He, he has one good foot. <laughs> his name is Petros Papadakis. Put your foot in your mouth. That's right, I sure did. <laughs> Petros Papadakis coming up in the very next segment. Break down some college football for us. Don't go anywhere. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. FNA, Cotton, FNA. Back in on the FNA podcast, it is Kevin Figures and Adam Austin with you guys. And Adam, we have a special guest online with us today. Yeah, this next guest is just like the rule of three in writing. When his character comes on for the third straight week on the FNA podcast, he just becomes more humorous, satisfying, and effective with his football analysis. It's the old P, Petros Papadakis, joining us after an abbreviated Petros and Money Show today. So we thought we'd spread gun blast him like Contra all over our show today. P, thanks for making it three weeks in a row on the FNA podcast. Have I made it three weeks in a row? I was kind of out of it last week, but I did make it on, right? Yeah, you're here. You were phenomenal on little sleep or no sleep at all, whatever it was. All right. That wasn't a dream, man. Well, I'm happy then. <laughs> oh, trust me, as were we. That was no fever dream. Uh, P, let's start with this. Did you see Sam Darnold on Monday night? Because I saw you tweeting about him. Did he look as good as you would yeah. expect? Well, my phone blew up when he threw the pick, and, you know, a lot of people who want to watch somebody fail, and God knows I'm like that, but uh, a lot of people texted me, you know, fight on, nice start, what a bust, 
all that stuff. So then I was compelled to turn it on because I know that Darnold is a talented player, and I know that he's really good, and I just love to watch him play quarterback. I love to watch him feel it. To me, he's a lot more special than, than anybody I've ever covered closely other than a guy like Andrew Luck. You know, he's right up there on that level and that shelf. So I, I turned it on and, and enjoyed watching him carve up the Lions for, for two and a half quarters. I thought he was he was fantastic, and he's just going to become more popular and more beloved. And obviously the caveat of if he remains healthy must exist, but if he remains healthy, it's it's interesting to see if there's a ceiling on this guy and how good he can really be with legitimate NFL coaching, and that's what he's getting right now. What about his replacement over at USC? Just your thoughts, number one, on the decision to leave JT Daniels in the game after he suffered that hand injury. He admitted the injury forced him to have to alter the way he threw the ball, and he threw a couple of picks after that. Should they have stuck with Matt Fink at that point, or should they have put Daniels back in the game? Well, if he's your starter and he's okay to play, then you put him back in the game. Obviously, to be playing, otherwise he wouldn't be the starter, which is why I thought T. Martin's comments after the game were so strange and weird about this kid should be in high school and you shouldn't be playing against Stanford. You should be playing in high school. And what if he wasn't held I back think, purposely? <laughs> well, he was. He did eighth grade twice, and yeah. he started 40, 40, 4-0 varsity high school game. So. I think he's got plenty of experience, and and I'll take it even a step further. I, I'm not. I'm sure he hurt his hand, but I don't think that's why he came out of the game. I think he came out of the game because they knocked the absolute wind out of him, and he couldn't breathe. So he got collected and went back in the game. He's a tough kid, and he's playing hard and he's competing. I'm just not sure they put him in that great in that great of a position, but. At the same time, Clay Helton puts Sam Darnold in that position all the time, and I think people are going to start appreciating the pressure that Sam Darnold had on him within this offense the more they watch JT Daniels try to figure it out in this offense. Are they doing JT Daniels any favors by making those excuses for him with T. Martin and saying he shouldn't even be here? Is no. that going to work against his, uh, I guess, mentality out there on the field? I don't know if it's going to really affect him. I just don't think T. Martin should be allowed to talk to the media because every time he does, he, he doesn't say something that you'd be super proud of. But that being said, I don't even know who's calling the plays at USC. I don't know if it's Clay Helton. I don't know if it's that 29-year-old guy from UAB in Western Kentucky, Brian Ellis. I mean, that's the guy who's talking to Darnold every time he walks off the field. It ain't Lincoln Riley. It's this 29-year-old guy, Brian Ellis, and then T. Martin's up in the, up in the booth. So I, I don't know who's calling their plays or what the deal is, but there certainly was a lack of creativity in the play calling, I think most everybody would agree, at Stanford. And Stanford is a very good-looking defensive football team, so you would imagine that they would have a great plan with four linebackers, and they did, looping all over the place to make this quarterback's life hell. And they wrote a blueprint early in the season for the rest of USC's opponents to follow. Petros Papadakis joining us on the FNA podcast. Said Ware had an interesting quote to the media earlier this week when uh -huh. asked about the uh, leaning on the running game. I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said he wishes USC showed more of a commitment to the run game, but he knows the staff loves JT Daniels, so it's up to the rest of the players to make sure he's kept safe. 
Do you believe the staff is prioritizing the success of JT Daniels and showing off his skills over what may be best for the team to be able to win games, which may be to run the ball and minimize JT passing the ball? Well, USC is going to be a place that wants to have an elite quarterback, promote an elite quarterback, create a star. I mean, they made JT Daniels available to the broadcast crew for his first road conference game. He met with Brady Quinn and Joe Davis. That is not something you do with a kid who's supposed to be playing in high school. Do you know what I mean? But you heard me on the show talk about this, Kevin, I think. I I don't think USC, even if they wanted to run the ball, could run the ball. They don't have those players. They don't recruit the position of offensive line like that. They don't have guys that go forward in a nasty kind of way. They don't have a physical mentality. More than one head coach has told me that they were shocked at USC's offense's lack of aggression. The defense, I thought, played pretty hard and pretty purposefully up on the farm. But offensively, obviously, you didn't see that same kind of effort. It's not like the guys weren't playing hard. It's just that they weren't put in a great position to have success. And they're not going to be a great running football team. They're never going to physically dominate anybody. If you're looking for USC to line up, and knock Alabama off the ball or Ohio State off the ball or even Washington off the ball, it's not going to happen. They're going to have to win in another way. And for a lot of USC people, that's a hard reality to swallow. And I'll tell you what, it, it, it hurts to say just out of my mouth. And you guys know how much I care. Not much. Oh, we almost had the button over here, but the IR isn't plugged in. It's Petros Papadakis joining us here on the FNA Podcast. P, so Texas is also 1-1. One one. Are these teams evenly matched enough right now to have one more great game between Texas and USC this weekend? Oh, I think you'll have a great football game. You know, I think the game I got, uh, UCLA-Fresno State is going to be a good team because the teams are kind of evenly matched and, you know, still trying to figure out what their identity is after a tough loss. And I, I think that Texas has got an advantage in that they have a more experienced quarterback in Ellinger who's going to play, and he's a tough, angry guy. And USC is going on the road in a place that's going to be a lot louder than the farm, obviously. And uh, and they're going there with a freshman quarterback. And this guy, Todd Orlando, who's the defensive coordinator for the Longhorns and, and a pretty darn good one, knows exactly what to do with a quarterback like this and with very fast blitzing linebackers. So... Do you believe in Clay Helton or Brian Ellis or T. Martin's ability to neutralize that with a screen game or, or a run game or a delayed draw kind of thing or move the quarterback out of the pocket, use the tight end, be a little bit more creative? If you trust him, then then you feel a little bit better going into it. I, I don't feel that great going into it if I'm USC. Texas has great athletes. They're going to be a lot more excited in this football game. They kind of slept, walked into that Tulsa game, and you know that they lost to Maryland the second year in a row. But I believe in Tom Herman. I think he's a good coach, and I think it'll be a very interesting football game. I think it'll be evenly matched, but I look for Texas's defense to make it really hard on the freshman again. At the old P is where you can find him on Twitter, now verified. And Fox Sports 1 is where you can find him this weekend. As a matter of fact, too, as he just mentioned, he'll be on the call for that UCLA-Fresno State game, 730 kickoff 
on FS1. Uh, talking about that game, specifically the quarterback position, because Chip Kelly is yet to fully commit to any quarterback on that roster. Now, I'm I'm an amateur. I'm a dumbass. You're an actual analyst, Pete, so you tell me. I think all things considered, Dorian Thompson-Robinson didn't look that horrible considering he was in a hostile environment out there in Oklahoma, but Chip has yet to give the keys to the car to the freshman and let him take it, still letting a monster and possibly a spate uh, compete for the starting job. Is it smart to not commit to a quarterback yet at this point, uh, a couple of games into the season? You know, I don't think it's that important for his particular program. You know, what they do need to do is start identifying playmakers, you know, whether that it's the quarterback position or Theo Howard. Or Where's Oda. Theo? Uh, Theo's done some things. I mean, they voted him captain, for God's sake. But uh, they they need to identify some playmakers. I, I don't think it's the end of the world that it's not DTR right now because I think we're all kind of under the same assumption that unless he's a bust at a certain point, it's got to be Dorian Thompson-Robinson as the starter. But I, I don't think Chip has a problem with, with letting everybody play to a certain point uh, in the season. Now, they are an improving football team. I think you're right, Kevin. I think they got better at Oklahoma. I think they represented themselves as a group of young guys much better at Norman in very extreme. I mean, those do not get more extreme as far as circumstances in the college football world go. And granted, they didn't go out there and, and compete for the victory, but they did go out there and, and, and improve as a football team. Fresno State is established. Uh, they have a veteran quarterback and Marcus McMarion. He used to play at Oregon State. Jeff Tedford, like he's done for so many other guys, turned his fate around as a quarterback coach. They have some good skill guys and, and a great linebacking core. They don't back down to anybody. They just played a really rough physical game that they lost on almost the last play of the game, kind of a heartbreaking loss for Fresno State. I expected but I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA didn't get better and better and more and more resembling a Chip Kelly football team as the season goes on. Pete, what's impressed you most about Herm Edwards so far, being 2-0 and and beating Michigan State? We all saw it coming, right? Well, I mean, if you really researched that game, which I didn't, but if you did research the game, you would have known that before that game, Big Ten teams – are 0 and 9 in Tempe in the month of September, and now they're 0 and 10. Yeah, but Iowa got so, screwed. I remember that. Yeah, and Missouri was not a Big Ten team, but they they lost, and they felt like they got screwed. I mean, there's it it, it gets crazy out there in the heat. I'm not ready to say Michigan State sucks. I'm not ready to say Arizona State is great. Uh, I'm just ready to say you beat San Antonio and. You, you, you beat a team in the, that wilted in the heat. Drew Brees' Purdue team wilted in the heat in one of the games I played in at USC, and it was the hottest recorded game in the history of the L.A. Coliseum. And it was a Big Ten team, and it was September, maybe August, for God's sakes. And in the fourth quarter, they just, they just became a shell of themselves or a husk, so to speak. So it does happen. So I'm not ready to anoint anybody. But I, I'm impressed with Herm. Those guys are playing hard, and they want to win. God, God bless him. I, I got nothing against Herm Edwards. I think he's a great guy. The reason I made fun of the hire is because it was worded so awkwardly, like he's going to be some kind of CEO. All they did was describe what a head football coach in college does in elaborate millennial language. And 
the other part of it is why hire a search firm if you're just going to hire the athletic director's ex-clients? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why hire a search firm if you're going to hire Steve Sarkeesian or Lane Kiffin, people you already know? Is this a rarity rule thing? Or? Well, they have to make it look like they're trying, right, P? Why make it look like you're trying? <laughs> why waste people's money? Why waste the breath? You know, if you're going to hire your friend, hire your friend. Leave no stone unturned. UCLA didn't, hey, UCLA didn't mess around. They didn't hire a search firm. They didn't BS anybody. They got a buttload of money, and they paid Chip Kelly. They didn't even interview anybody else. You know, that's that's the kind of honesty that I appreciate. But as far as what he's going to do as a head coach, hey, I'd, I'd love to see it. I know Nikhil Harry is the best receiver in the conference. He's a beast. Maybe the kid up in Colorado might have something to say about that. He's starting to flourish. But Nikhil Harry is a, an elite talent. Uh, Manny Wilkins is a good, solid player and a great leader for them. He's got a lot of experience. He started a lot of Pac-12 games. I don't think Arizona State's going to be that bad. And I, I guess I never really thought they, 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 they would be great, but I never thought that they would, you know, be a one-win team either. It was just an interesting hire. That's all. Uh, what about across town? Uh, you aren't ready to anoint ASU. Are you ready to bury Arizona after they've gotten out to an 0-2 start and, man, got their asses handed to them by Kevin Sumlin's former team last week in Houston? Yeah, that was a couple coaches ago. Houston, right? It Nature, was. Apple wine, yeah. kinds of weirdos. Uh, but uh, – <laughs> But I, they have they have trouble in Arizona because I don't think Khalil Tate wants to run anymore. I, I think they're having a hmm. gigantic identity crisis and a giant hype crisis. And I think that it was a symptom of something wrong. We didn't know it at the time. But right around Pac-12 Media Day when Khalil Tate started to take credit for submarining the Ken Neo Matalolo bid to be the head coach there. And we we're not going to run no triple option or whatever his tweet was. And then, I mean, whatever happened in the moment happened in the moment. And I understand it was a chaotic time and Rich Rod got me too'd and, and not fired on a schedule like coaches usually get fired and all that. So I understand it was a chaotic time. What I didn't like was him revisiting the story in August and taking credit for blocking a fine coach and Ken Niamatololo from becoming the head guy at the U of A. Uh, that was a symptom, I think, of, of some problems within the Arizona program. And I've heard some murmurs about what Khalil Tate is dictating to the Mazzonis, who are the play callers, Noel and his son, and, uh, and what they're dictating to him. And uh, let's just put it like this. Most of the stuff I hear out of Tucson right now is bad. Kevin Sumlin's been a head coach for a long time. He knows how to get it together. He knows how to rally people and, and turn around the narrative. And I hope it happens sooner than later because the first two games could not have been uglier, uh, not just for, for Khalil Tate, but just the offense in general. P, I know they haven't been tested yet, but in the Pac-12 North, I like how the Ducks look. Could they be flying under the radar a little bit? Because they do get Washington and Stanford at home this year. Yeah, but those are both tremendously physical football teams that that are going to be very difficult to defend uh, for Oregon. Uh, but you're right. You know, they have a very good quarterback in Herbert that a lot of people really like at the next level. People are starting to say that about Steven Montez, uh, the quarterback in Colorado. So you're, you're starting to get some murmurs about some teams that we really weren't talking about. But everybody knew Herbert was good. Everybody was happy that Cristobal got the job. 
the thing that you find out down the stretch of the season when it gets to the conference games about a team like Oregon is do they have the depth to win multiple conference games week in and week out? And that remains to be seen. You know, I've never seen Oregon be great unless they're running a very distinct system, whether that's Bilotti running it or even Rich Brooks running it or obviously the modern era, the the Chip Kelly machine that we all were so impressed by 10 years ago. Uh, I don't know if that's what Cristobal has. If you're just depending on sheer talent to win games in Oregon, uh, you're not going to compete for the championship because you're not going to be more talented than Washington and probably not more talented than Stanford. But if you have a system that works and you know how to make it work for your players' particular skills, and that's really what Bilotti did very well and Chip uh, in a different way, then you can really make some noise, like we saw with the Joey Harrington, Ruben Drones type of teams. They, they can do some very interesting things up there, but I haven't seen them enough to tell you I'm a believer right now. So as you mentioned Washington, they have a big game against Utah coming up as well. And despite what the big final game. yeah, despite what the final score might say, they probably struggle with North Dakota more than they should have. And even Utah needed a defensive score in the fourth quarter to pull away from NIU, so neither team looked that impressive. Uh but I guess how good of a chance does Utah have of knocking off UW in Salt Lake? Well, I mean, they were they should have won the game last year in mm-hmm. Seattle. And uh, it was a late drive, actually the best late drive of Jake Browning's career, the only time I can remember him leading the team down the field to victory on a couple really impressive throws. Uh, That was last year. Uh, The year before was the punt return and the clipping, and Washington was on their way to the playoff. And that was a hotly contested game the year before. Uh, Utah's got every chance. Utah's got a great back in Zach Moss. Uh, Their quarterback, Huntley, is a little injury prone, a little skinny for my taste, but he is a dual threat guy. They have that little guy back from his mission, Britton Covey, that little slot guy. Mm-hmm. And he adds a different dimension to an offense that has often been criticized for being one dimensional. But Washington is really solid defensively. And Utah is too. They're built very well, kind of similarly in that way. But Washington has extra special talent in the secondary up front, and I love the back. You know, Jake Browning is really their biggest question mark here. And if it comes down to him having to make a play to win the game or, or Huntley, the kid from Miami, uh, it's going to be an adventure. <laughs> yeah, but I think it'll be a really good – both these teams really like to play toe-to-toe, and they really are the best we have to offer, along with Stanford – for teams that carry the flag of physical old-school football on the West Coast, you know, teams that would not be afraid to line up against the Alabamas of the world and and, and hit them in the mouth. And it's hard to say, but that's not USC anymore. You know, USC under Pete Carroll could could play physically with anybody in the country. Uh, Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma, we saw it all. But uh, the only physical teams we have on the West Coast now are Utah, Stanford, and Washington. I'll step out of the Pac-12 for a minute and ask you this one, uh, P. What do you think is the more unbelievable stat? The fact that Alabama's won five of the last ten national championships or that up until this past weekend, Kansas had not won a road game in nine years? Well, uh, since I, I am pretty familiar with both, I think they're both very believable. <laughs> you know, Nine Alabama, years for a major conference? I mean, my God. Yeah, well, they're, we're really bad. Jeez. But... uh 
as good as their basketball program is, that's how bad their football <laughs> program is, if that makes any sense. Yes, absolutely. I've been there, and I like Kansas, and I, I wish them success. I really do. And they you know, they beat Texas. They beat Charlie Strong. That's right. A couple years ago. You know, they've, they've done some things now, but usually very few and far between are <laughs> those things done. The Alabama situation, now they are cared for, and their scheduling is very meticulously done, and they're set up to have success. But it is no coincidence. I mean, nobody's nobody's that set up. That's the most elite program, elite preparedness program, elite for coaches to come through. And it's all just because of one person who makes everybody miserable, but he also makes everybody a champion. And that is Nick Saban. And that's why that guy's worth $50 million a year, if that's how much he asked for. Alabama is the, the top of the top. And Urban Meyer is probably like a distant second, you know, along with Dabo Sweeney. Uh, but those teams are much more vulnerable, at least it feels like they are much more vulnerable than Alabama is week in and week out. They just, it seems like almost like just an immovable rock in the, right in the middle of college football. And it's because of the way they practice. They practice very physically. Uh, they get after their players. They build a callus for their guys. And their guys play with a lot of attitude, and they play afraid, really, in a weird way. But uh, it's a fear of, of violence, you know. It's they're they're impressive up front. I, I I can't say enough about it. That's no rock. That's Mark Mangino speaking of Kansas. <laughs> we got Petros Papadakis with us. Last one for you, Pete, because you brought up Pete Carroll and the old USC era, and now we have the rubber match between them and Texas. Obviously, the stakes aren't as high as they were in 2006, but outside of that fourth down call at the end of that game, what do you think was the biggest mistake, just to uh, reflect upon maybe the greatest uh, college football game of all time, some say? Well, I mean, the whole Reggie Bush should have been on the field in fourth down is not doesn't really resonate with me. I mean, you could have put him in and split him out to pull a safety out, but... It was just the play call. They shouldn't have run a zone play. They should have run, you know, more traditional short yardage package, like an isolation play or something. But USC didn't have a fullback that would go in and block a linebacker. I guess they didn't feel like they needed it. And they really did only need it one play of the year, the last play of the year. So that's the final play. But beyond that, it's Reggie Bush pitching that ball. Uh, Reggie Bush pitching that ball is one of the dumbest things that anybody's ever done in a major college football game ever. And it was a done knowingly. It wasn't like he fumbled the ball, it got knocked out, or, you know, threw a terrible interception like Derek Carr did the other day and just didn't, didn't see the, the defender or something. He just straight tried to pitch the ball. I mean, you never try to pitch the ball at all. I don't care if you're playing UC Davis, but the fact that he tried to pitch the ball to an unknowing guy running out there named Brad Walker, a walk-on wide receiver, he tried to pitch it to Brad Walker, and he did it inside the five when it would have been first and five or inside the ten, it would have been first and goal. Uh, that's the dumbest play in the history of college football in an in a important situation. And it was authored by Reggie Bush. Great guy. Well, one of the smartest plays we ever make is when we ring Petros Papadakis on the FNA podcast. We can say that for sure. You can find him on Twitter at the OP, of course, co-host of the Petros and Money Show, two to seven PM on AM five seventy LA Sports. And then, of course, Fox Sports One this weekend, Fresno State taking on UCLA at the Rose Bowl, seven thirty kickoff. P, as always, very generous with your time. We appreciate it, brother. 
Oh, my pleasure. You guys have a good one. All right. There he goes, Petros Papadakis. Again, yes, check him out on FS1. 7.30 kickoff for that game at UCLA at the Rose Bowl. It's Fresno State coming in the Bulldogs, so don't look too bad. So what's the over-under on a, a audience as far as uh, attendance at the UCLA game? What is it? The Rose Bowl seats like, what, 88,000 people? 35? Never tell me the odds. I'm going to set the over-under at 20,000. Okay. That go a little too high there? No. <laughs> I know they're not known for uh, drawing. The largest, crowd. especially against the Fresno State squad. They're not even going to outfill the StubHub Center. So I probably shouldn't say this, but screw it. So we were giving away UCLA tickets. I like on, where this is going already. Rogan and Rodney earlier today, and so he's like, "Hey, okay, caller number eight, whatever." Guy calls in Steve in Monrovia. I don't know whatever his name is. Hey, Steve, thanks for coming on. So, oh, thanks, guys. I'm so excited. He's like, "Yeah, you want tickets to yada yada yada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, UCLA." Oh, damn so, it! He's like, "Thanks, man. I've never been to a, UC, a USC game at the Coliseum." And he was like, "No, it's for UCLA." And he said, "Oh, oh really?" Bum, Just bum, like bum, that. Bum. I you got raked by the callers. It was one of the most hilarious and most sad things I've ever heard in my life. I mean, you would have thought it's like somebody You're gave flying me out to Texas somebody, for the USC game. Somebody handed him a new puppy. And then as soon as he got it in his hand, they whacked it with a baseball bat and killed it in front of him. Left it on top of the car. That's exactly what happened to this guy when we told him he wasn't getting USC tickets. He was getting UCLA football tickets. Oh, it was. I felt for the guy, but one of the funniest moments I've witnessed in the last month, at least. Come on. You can be there for the start of the Chip Kelly era. And I do think it's going to be great for UCLA. Yeah, it's going mean, to take time. Pete Carroll didn't get off to the greatest start at USC either. I think I it was like six and six rookie. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, well, going to take – well, because the team is so young. It's not even about Chip Kelly installing the system or anything like that. They just have so many young guys right now at key positions. He's experimenting with a bunch of guys who he doesn't, he doesn't know what he has yet. And so I think he knows being at UCLA with the contract that he has, you know, he has time to kind of figure this thing out. He has at least a red shirt, if I can use a college football term, a red shirt season to figure out what he has and what he's working with. And maybe by the end of the season, hey, maybe you end up – Losing by three to USC or something. You're taking minor victories along the way. And if the team improves as you get down the stretch of the season, which is what happened, by the way, with Pete Carroll at USC, I think that's all you can ask for in year one. And then you go with DTR in year two as a starting quarterback, and you can build from there. I like what you said with Petros, and he echoed the same sentiment, that they improved from week one to week two. Even though you might not see that in the score, they were in Oklahoma. If you watch that game, I'm not going to say it was much closer than the score indicated, but in that environment, they played better. In fact, if you flip that schedule around, I think, if they had played Oklahoma week one and Cincinnati at home in week two, they probably win that game against Cincinnati. I think the schedule was set up for them to fail early on. That was a game that got away from them they shouldn't have lost and wouldn't have if they had played it later in the season. Yeah, that's some questionable coaching cost them, too, in that game. What happened on that fourth down? Did so, we get clarification on if that was— I don't know if anyone asked Chip about that. I didn't see any postgame quotes, but it was puzzling to me that your defense is playing that well and you don't just punt the ball away and let them you know, get yourself better field position. If Scott Wolf was covering UCLA, he oh, would have asked. He would have been all over their ass. Woo! the wolf oh yeah he chewed <laughs> yeah, like his five keys on inside socal usc i think is still where he is on twitter and basically just chewed out usc for some of the questionable calls and things they did at stanford yeah. five keys to winning against uh you know winning against texas this weekend don't be a dumbass that seemed like it was one of them i'm it, a dumbass it wasn't but that's essentially what he put <laughs> coach better tackle better do better play calling stop being a dumbass and scott wolf is a friend of our show he comes on routinely he does at least once during the college football mm-hmm. season so we'll have him we'll on get again. him on again if you see it and we usually get him to say something snarky about petros 
Right. Because they so. have that back and forth. They have that relationship. As you should. They can say mean things to each other and get away with it somehow. BFFs? No. Mm. But best fiends, maybe. <laughs> All right, coming up next, somebody who we appreciate most dearly. It's our friend, TK Trinidad, in studio. What? In studio. Yes. She's going to be in here on the microphone that VTB used because he came back into work today. Thank goodness. We should also all, always celebrate that. It was good to see Vic. Did my heart good. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of weird when we were talking and we were walking into the bathroom and we were talking about the X-Files. And he's like, double A, give me a moment. <laughs> he's like going in there to drop a deuce. I, I, I got to leave. <laughs> We're not going to keep the conversation going nope. beyond the bathroom stall hey, I've while seen, I'm washing my hands or something. I've seen it happen. I'm not interested in doing that. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I can't do so that. So is it more? Because there's some guys who are weirded out talking to another dude while they're both at the urinal. Now, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. I could care less. If you're not into it, whatever. If you want to have a conversation, I've done it. I don't usually start it, but I will converse if I'm, somebody else okay. gets it going. I, I would say I'm the same way, but there are times where As long where maybe as his I, pee doesn't sound louder than mine. There may have been times where I've started. I don't know. I've never had an issue with that, but everyone's different. So if a guy is going into the crapper while you're out there, or maybe you guys are both going into the crapper at the same time, you will That's not. That's different. You will not have, so you will have a conversation if you guys are both dropping one, but if you're if you're going number one and he's going number two, you guys will not converse. No, because my number one is going to go by much quicker, obviously, mm-hmm. and I don't want to stay there for his stench and hear any grunts in the bathroom either. Well, don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35, now, 45 well, minutes. You don't have to stay. You can just say, like, all right, man, I'll, just, I'll check out. We'll continue this on the other side. Well, then how much of a conversation was it? Oh, it could be a short conversation. That's basically what I told Vic. I'll check you later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, so- if, it's, if it's Tom Arnold and uh, – and, and uh, Austin Powers, like when they're having that conversation, who does number two work for? That's different. If you're both in the crapper, then yes. Or if you're Peter Griffin and Michael Mann, you guys can actually just have like a giant fart off while you're inside the bathroom and actually make beautiful music together. <laughs> True story. Look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yes, as Adam mentioned, we have entertainment news coming up in the next TK segment. TK just walked out. With TK Trinity. Yeah, she's not coming now. No, she'll be here. Don't go anywhere. Cotton, How long has that been in there? I don't think I've ever heard that before. I bring that out about once a year. I've, I cannot remember. <laughs> Why did you? Yay, yay. This is the FNA podcast. It's Kevin Figures and Adam Olsen. I don't know what you that You know was. us white boys love God. that song. Yay, yay. Oh, that movie. My God. I didn't see the movie. You didn't see Lisa Ray? <laughs> you didn't see Diamond? I did. Woo! Mistakes have been made. Well, oh, man. Uh, throw that ass back Thursday, though. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. <laughs> My God. <laughs> it is the FNA Podcast. Kevin Figures, Adam Austin with you. And, man, we got a special guest in the studio with us. Let's get to it. TK's bringing you that heat. Bringing you that heat. The latest news gossip and all that. Our girl TK Trinidad in the house today. TK, what's up? What's up, guys? How are you doing? It's Great. good to see you in person. Long time no see. Not good to hear you. I good to see I you. No, it's good to see like both here and... Here and see. Is it this one? Yes. There you go. I told you it was this one. Well, there's going to be extra I thought you work in radio. In I do. Well, you can tell me anything. If you knew that, how come you didn't use it? I, this is the one I pulled out, and then you said to pull out that one. No, I didn't. That's not sexual? No, I said point on that button over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we getting started already. <laughs> oh, I had my goodness. to. Oh, TK, my what's up in the entertainment world? Oh, my gosh. So much is going in the entertainment world. First, uh, we'll start off with uh, Meek Mills. So you guys uh, heard that. Are oh, you judge- calling Meek Mills, too? I got in trouble for that. People got upset yeah, with me. Yeah, I did me. give him some crap for calling him. 
Meek Mills. Oh, it's because you're white and stupid. Because it's General Mills and Meek Mill. There's no S. Ah. Unless you're talking about the possessive and Meek Mills got robbed. Which is what I was going to say. Meek Mills um, judge. Maybe, maybe, which is it, the it S. Be Mills is at that point, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, goodness. His I'm judge saying, is look, actually... I can't, okay, I, I was bad at math, okay? So grammar is all I had coming up, okay? His <laughs> judge is actually suing... Um, what the heck? His judge is actually suing uh, Rock Nation. Don't get distracted just because you're in <laughs> studio with us. Exactly. And I mean, you, you guys have a TV in here. Someone just changed. This is like a nice Yeah, studio. way to go. It's 2018. We got a TV. <laughs> <laughs> and a camera back there. That's pretty fancy. Some of us drive cars to work. It's crazy. There you go. Not me. So, really? <laughs> Yes, I do. I'm just joking. Oh, okay. I thought you had like a girl drop. Hoverboard. Anyways, uh, so Meek Mills. One day, TK, one day. Judge is suing Rock Nation and Amazon. What happened was the judge's lawyer, um, he was in an interview and then they asked, you know, off the record and they turned the camera to uh, the wall. But the mic was still hot. Tim so on the mic, uh, he pretty much said that the judge made a huge effing mistake and he should have let, let Meek go free, et cetera, et cetera. They actually inserted that in the documentary. Oh. So now um, it's not necessarily the judge per se, but it's the lawyer, but the lawyer is trying to get the judge out of the hot water because he's re- representing her. So they're suing Rock Nation and Amazon for wow. that. So they're hoping to get a free Amazon Prime account over this or what? Maybe. How much are they suing for? Uh, they haven't announced it. They just, they just actually did it today. Okay. Or actually uh, the last couple of days or so. I did see he and Drake made amends on stage. Him and Drake did make amends. They're actually paying ping, ping, ball, uh, ping pong ball the, uh, that night as well. Um, so they're good. However. Wait, who um, won the game? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Who won the ping pong? I mean, I'm always voting for Drake because. Yeah. Oh, I don't understand your oh, So that means that Meek Mill won. won. You don't want to talk exactly. about Drake yeah. taking that L. Oh, gosh. He See, may not take an L in the rap battle with Meek Mill, but he will lose in ping pong. One thing TK doesn't want us to know, the TMZ cameras are there, but she confiscated all the footage and burned it. Like oh. Roger Goodell burned all those Patriot tapes. Oh, I was going to say, like, when LeBron got dunked on in yeah. a, at his own camp. That's right, by that kid. <laughs> So another person <laughs> who took an L. Oh, we're was, not here to talk about no, that. We're not, we're not even talking about that. Another person who took an L was, uh, I guess you could say Cardi B. So what happened was, you know, uh, there's that connection between Meek Mills and Drake. Uh, Nicki Minaj is that connection, oh. as well as kind of Cardi B in a sense. They're still rocking with her. Um, Cardi B, there's a long story. I actually went down. Like, I have all the points of how we got to this point. So over the weekend, they had New York Fashion Week. Yep. Um, Cardi B got wind that Nicki Minaj said something about her children, essentially her child's um, culture, which said she's just not a good parent. She's not good a good parent at all. Oh, you don't want to go there. But she so, just had a kid. How can she already be a bad parent? Well, Cardi B... You had a bad birth. <laughs> so Cardi B had took issue with that, and at the Harper Bazaar after party um, during New York Fashion Week, she lunged at Nicki Minaj. The only problem is that Nicki had a ridiculous amount of bodyguards around her. Mm-hmm. So Cardi B didn't get anywhere near her. So once Cardi B was like on the verge of being kicked out or she was going to be kicked out, she took her shoe and threw it at Nicki Minaj, which yep. didn't hit her whatsoever. Oh, now the big she, lump... She deked her like uh, President Bush? No, I don't even think... right under it? I don't even think the, the shoe even like... Because her bodyguards are massive. I couldn't tell. The video was too dark for me to see much. So. Exactly. So the um, lump that you saw in Cardi B's face is essentially from the bodyguards who was essentially trying to push Cardi B away from Nicki Minaj. Mm. They were like the shield in Wakanda. You essentially. Know, the I shields mean, went up at the end. Right? Good, good on Nicki for you know having those bodyguards. Like I don't know why she would need so many bodyguards. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. At an event like that, um, I don't think anybody else had that many bodyguards, but you know, kudos on her for foreseeing that. Um, hey, you never know, I guess. Is that a status know. symbol? How many bodyguards you have? 
I don't know. Maybe she heard Cardi B, you know, was oh. coming after. Um, so Cardi B said she has no, uh, she takes no issue in it. She would do it again. Nicki Minaj went on her radio show, which is actually episode eight of it, Queen Radio. She talked about the whole event. She's like, she that's not in her character to talk about kids. Um, Cardi B needs to stop listening to people. She should essentially um, concentrate on raising her ch- children instead of watching what she's doing. So Nicki never actually made these comments. It was secondhand information that Cardi got that someone said Nicki said this about Correct. You. Okay. Only Tupac no- was hard enough to talk about people's kids and sickle cell and all that. Mm, right. Well, it's a I dangerous mean, game when you start going off second and third hand information. Well, and, yeah, because there's no audio of Nicki saying saying this no. and then during the interview as well nikki dropped a kind of a, a thing saying that essentially cardi b sent two goons after these two strippers that slept with offset and she said cardi b needs to you know clean up all that stuff before she's looking at her so that interview um or that you need to get rad- the plank out of your eye yes let's get biblical with it <laughs> <laughs> right that radio thing was about two and a half hours so nikki wow. was uh definitely you know dropping the tea on a lot of things and you know she's She's moving on. Essentially, she said how it really originally started is in 2017. There was um, somebody pretty much said Cardi B's lyrics were terrible. Nicki Minaj apparently liked it, but there's no proof of that. Mm, did she unlike it? She might have unliked it, but mm. there's no proof that she liked it either. Oh. So so Nikki, Nikki's fans are saying that never happened. Yeah, Burner get the, account. Get yeah. the forensics team on that one. Dig yes. that up. So, yeah, well, actually, we know some people at Twitter that could help with something like this. Right. I know the people at Twitter right. security. I know you. Well, we know Pat O'Brien. And he's good on social media. We, he's oh, blocked us. We kind of know him. He did block us on Twitter. So. Why did he block you guys? Shut up. Who knows? Why does Pat O'Brien do anything? Because we're friends nice. with people that's, he doesn't like. That's a Petros good question. you. Yes, thank oh, you. Oh, well, I want to get the blue check mark. But anyway. Because we know his dark secrets, actually. I think that's why. What? <laughs> well, we've all heard the phone calls. <laughs> that's a YouTube account. Okay, so essentially, um, Nicki Minaj pretty much said that a lot of that didn't happen. Um, then there's a whole thing with the music video, uh, Motorsport. She didn't show up to that particular day because her hairstylist didn't show up. So that's why she recorded another day. So there was no beef there, allegedly, but people are just kind of um, kind of putting up that beef. Cardi B was at the Howard Stern show, and she said that there was no beef between them. People are just pitting them against each other. So that's kind of the whole gist so- and how we got to the, this point right now, which is... Pretty much people just egging them on. This isn't real beef. This is like the Impossible Burger. It's, <laughs> it's that vegan burger that you can get out there. The it bleeds, but it's not real beef. The Impossible Burger is pretty good. It's great at Wahlburgers especially. However, the rumors are, according to sources, that Nikki and Cardi B are in studio writing. And, you know, there might be some diss tracks coming up. Oh, I look forward to this. Well, so diss tracks with the two of them going against each other, even yes. if they have no real beef. Well, now they do because, because of Cardi B went... Like threw a shoe, shoe at, her. at her, and Nikki was even more upset because she she essentially said to paraphrase, "You did this at a white people's event. Like mm-hmm. we don't go That's to these events look. all the time. Now these people are looking at us like we're animals. We because... ain't never gonna be invited back now. Exactly. And so. CK, honestly, who throws a shoe?" That's, that's my Austin Powers impression. Uh-oh. Honestly, I'm about to say I would. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't get. Maybe you should stay in radio. Was it at least steel toed? No, that would hurt. That could do some damage. Speaking of somebody who didn't wear steel toes, uh, Ric Flair is married again. He married his longtime uh, girlfriend. Do you remember when he was in the hospital? She was by his side. So, you know, she gets a little prize there. Um, Fifth, five marriages. At what point do you start saying, you know, maybe this thing ain't for me? You know what I mean? Why not?
God, he maybe he believes in love. Derek you, Jeter wait, did it right. On him? Derek Jeter knew. <laughs> he waited till like he was at the end. The yeah. problem is Ric Flair is like twice Derek Jeter's age, so he's he's done a lot more living too. And Derek didn't have to put a ring on it. No. To get with those girls, you know. Well, if you listen to Ric Flair, he didn't either. He's had sex with like you know nine million women. Oh my or God, that documentary was absolutely amazing. Woo! Yeah. No. <laughs> That's not, that is not Ric Flair. That's, That's gorgeous, Ric George. Oh, goodness. The so. most despicable human being. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not like, the wrestler. She's like, why did I come here? Yeah, why, yeah, why did I just do this on the phone? <laughs> so Serena Williams, you guys heard about that, right? You guys see that? I did. Kind of crazy. Well, yeah, yes, I did. Well, are you talking about the painting or the drawing in the paper? Are we talking well, about just her outburst on the court in no, general? No, there's even another story now. So we'll break it down for you guys who haven't who've been like living under a rock. Serena Williams was going against Naomi Osaka. Naomi was pretty much beating her. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a closer match. Naomi still would have won. Oh, However, she, she probably would have. I don't know if to say she still would have won. She's beat her before, right? She has been yeah. before. She did. So, before. but based off of the, even if they took away, if they didn't, if they added back that point. She she still well, would have won. It took away an entire game from her. Yeah. Too, not the not momentum though. So, yeah, it took away an entire um, game. three violations from the Empire. Serena pretty much, first one was the, the coaching. Yep. Um, Serena said she wasn't getting coaching. The coach came out and said he was trying to coach her, but she didn't see him. And he says everyone does it. Right, right. But he should have just kept his mouth shut. Well, that yeah. just made, why are made the coaches there if, they if there could coach? be an issue? What are they there? Just moral support? Just, yeah. Just to look at? No. It shouldn't even be. If that's the case, or if they have to be there, just don't be you're, in the line of sight. You're asking for tampering. Right. Then. Well, say lovey. So then Serena got upset at that. Then she uh, broke the racket. Yep. And then she went back to the Empire and pretty much said that, look, like you, you cheated. You, you're, you're, um, you're a thief. Oh, you're a thief. And that pretty much, he took the game away from her. Now, Fast forward, they had the cartoon that came out, which is absolutely despicable. Um, the people who put it out said, oh, well, it's not, you know, not racist and that stuff. My thing is the fact that you made Serena 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. I missed the cartoon. And oh. the gigantic. Google it right now. Look at yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. Like if you made her like the size that she is, that would have been plausible. Not th- not only that, like Osaka looks like just some blonde haired white girl in the back. Like, oh, yeah. You can't even tell that she has any sort of ethnicity to her either. Right. And she's actually mixed Japanese and Haitian. She so is, she's right. West Indian. too. Exactly. So right. um, and she talks about her whole issue because she's competing for Japan and she's mm-hmm. had some racial issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, fast forward, the empire uh, that Serena had an issue issue with now the other umpires are backing her up and they kind of almost want to form a thing where um, anytime Serena has a game they're gonna pretty much boycott it that is the latest information I will say this I do agree on one side men have gotten away with more on the other side Serena Williams has told a ball girl I'm going to effing kill you and shove a tennis ball up your ass (laughs) like she think, does well, have an attitude at times on the well, court. I don't think, well, I don't think the right word is attitude. going to shove it down her throat, not up her ass. <laughs> but uh, to your point. You're right. And she, was, and she acted out, and she did too much. And I think anybody that tried to, will try to argue against that is full of it. Well, mm-hmm. I you wonder, know she went over the top, and she did too much and got too emotional in that moment. And she the, should have been penalized something. Was right. the specific word thief yes. the issue? That's the because one that now you're going after the credibility and, I guess, integrity of the game. Yes. And yes. I could see them... You know, if he she just called him a mother effer, maybe she would have got off easier than saying you're a thief well, because of well, what that verbal implies. Verbal abuse falls under whatever umbrella you want when it comes to the umpire. So they they have their own discretion. So it all falls under the umbrella of verbal sure. abuse. So if she says mother effer, you're a thief, you stole a, a game, whatever. It's all under they the can same. arbitrarily yeah, but, pick it whatever they want. Right. right, and but he also called her a cheater. 
So essentially, he started. Not to say she should have finished it, but he, he was implying he by the implied fact that, that you're that you're you you're not good enough. So in order for you to win, you have to cheat. But say it once. She made her message to him once, and she kept coming back between every single set, saying the exact same thing. At what point do you have to take? You're taking yourself out of your own game at that point in time. Yeah. Leave it. It sucks. It happened. Fine. Go back and do your job. You defeated yourself. I mean, yeah, you can't keep sitting, belaboring the point, arguing over and over for twenty straight minutes. At what point the, do you let it go? Here is the issue: when you're on it, when you're in an individual sport, it's a lot harder to let it go. So, say that happens in football or basketball, or it's a team sport. You sit on the bench. You you know you can have a moment because somebody else can you know fill in or whatever. When it's an individual sport and everything relies on you, then it's hard to let it go because. Serena's used to playing at that level. And the sure. fact that somebody's taken away from her, she didn't she didn't do it on her own. Like she can't blame herself for that right. in, in her heart of hearts, knowing that it all started from you saying that you were cheating and then it's kind of snowballed from that. It's hard to do that on a, in an individual sport. I understand that. It's hard to turn of off it. that passion. Like, okay, you've pissed me off. Now I'm supposed to calm down in the middle of playing tennis. It's not like she would be the first person to do it, though. I She's mean, not the first person. There's been there's been plenty of men who've done it, and they've gone away with that. Well, no, but I mean, knowing that, okay, I have to get through this match somehow. So, you know, I have to settle down a little bit and let this go and argue after the point. Right, and to so Adam's to point, when she has a history of having temper issues on the court, I wouldn't say temper. She's, I would say passion. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, you know, I, I the I, beholder. I, I yeah, guess. I you mean, know. if you're threatening people death, on the court, the I think that's a temper issue. Yeah, I love her to death. By the way, no one has stuck up more for Serena than I have. But I mean, I try to be objective about these things too. She is right hmm. about the men's situation, right? Hundred percent, right? But I can't say she shouldn't have been penalized for the way that she acted because it was ridiculous the way she was over the top. Yeah, you know, she, she was, was petulant. The, she was way over the top. It was too much. Say your say your piece once. Say your piece twice. Four, five, six, seven times, 30 minutes into the match, okay, you're doing too so much So when you think of athletes, great athletes, like uh, the, the athletes who are uh, over and above, they're essentially the GOAT. Weren't they, or even artists, aren't they over the top? It depends. In what, in I, what way? Tom Brady yells at Josh McDaniels once in a while, and they get into it on the sideline. That side we line. know of. Who knows what else he does that oh, we don't but see? I, of course, I don't know. I don't know if it has or hasn't. It doesn't seem like in those situations it's affected the way that he's played. It just too. seems like anybody that is that that is great, like they're they're beyond. They just this natural gift, and it's kind of excelled them to a certain level. They all have a quirk about them that is going to be over the top. Yeah, any great artist does. And I'm not Look, she has great passion, but she was petulant at the same time. And I don't those two things can marry each other. They're fine. Right. They can be together. I'm just saying she shouldn't be above criticism for that and that you're in a match, a competitive match at that point in right. time. You are not I know she was down, but she was not out of it at all. Right. She still had a chance to come back, and I think she mentally took herself out of that match because she was more concerned with one-upping or getting an apology from the umpire than Naomi, who had and, already beaten her before. And I, I think, too, if, if it didn't have to, if it, he didn't insinuate or he didn't say that she was cheating, if there was something else, it probably would have had a different outcome. She wouldn't have felt, because now you're judging somebody's character. True. So I think that's and what that's that's kind of what started it. There was something is, else. She said, I would never cheat. I would never do that. I, I understand where she's coming from. And I do think she is being judged differently because well, she's a, a woman. Yeah. And if you want to say it's passion or edge and men who have played with that in the past, like Andre Agassi mm -hmm. or Jokic now, 
it does, I, I do think they're graded a little bit differently. However, Serena has been around a long time, and mm-hmm. I do think she has built up a reputation of having a temper. And I, oh, I, I, I totally think it's agree. earned, and I think that has wor- worked into his decision a little bit. I don't think that's right. You should go case-by-case basis, mm-hmm. but I do think that was an element to what happened out there. And she, and she does have to get over it at some point because mm-hmm. she's good enough to come back. Right. from. She's the most dominant tennis player of all time. Mm-hmm. So if anyone has a chance to come back, no matter the odds stacked against them, it's her. Right, and and kudos to her at the end at the ceremony. She, you know, fans were booing Naomi, and she told the fans to stop. I mean, she could have let that happen. Like True. she obviously it wasn't Naomi's fault. She was classy Very. at that point, right? But in the heat of it, she wasn't. I, I did think it was weak by the press to cheer her on like their objective at all in the press conference afterwards because I'm. I'm the trailblazer. The next woman's not going to have to deal with what I did. Which maybe maybe that's the case though, because the fact is nobody's ever seen somebody as dominant as Serena. She takes more more um, tests than anybody else. Like that's if, BS too, by the way. That doesn't get talked about enough, right? If that she's been tested way more than any other woman in tennis. Exactly. So now, if somebody else comes behind her that is just as dominant, and they see you know the passion, they see. Remember when they had there was issues with them, both Serena and Venus with the braids. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the beads. And they see somebody coming out after them. She can't wear a cat suit. They just banned that right. in France. It, then I, then it wouldn't, then essentially she has paved the way. Sure. If, because the fact is, like, remember when uh, there was an issue in Los Angeles where um, they essentially called, I think, both her and Venus monkeys and she refused to um, that was, play there. And the, that was in Riverside. Where right. Was uh, Indian Wells. Now yeah. we have a few black women um, tennis players who are not going to experience that because people are now used to seeing dominant black females in the sport. Sure. I just also think, okay, is that next person going to be, that next dominant woman in the sport going to be as surly as Serena is out there? Maybe, maybe that's, not. That's the thing. I, I've never seen someone this good, and I've also never seen a woman in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair. She should be judged the same way as men. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, she may pave the way for someone that is more, quote-unquote, proper with how tennis, you know, has people conform to the sport. And I'm not saying that's right or that's wrong. It depends. I mean, I think she's opened up the sport where they now now you are seeing black faces. Yeah. Which you, which you did. And that's great. I just in that unique situation of what happened, I thought her meltdown was a little bit much. It is, but again, I, I honestly think if it wasn't the what she felt as the assassination of her character, then it might have not escalated to that point. Yeah. I get that too, but because at that point, after after so after he's assessed the penalty for the cheating right. or alleged cheating, I don't know if he can retroactively go back and say, "Okay, I'm gonna give you that point back." So uh, once it's all no, because the point came off the the game. Well, actually, came that off was a warning. Yeah, that was a warning because of because of the she, third thing the third of her thing. going back to. So she lost. I think she actually lost a point on the breaking of the racket, mm-hmm. and then she lost an entire game off of the exactly. verbal abuse. Uh, but she was most upset. It seemed by being accused of being a cheater, like you brought up. Well, earlier. yeah, that's that's the main thing. That's what and started that's what the snow, entire that's thing. That's what snowballed it. So it, at that point, but I mean, you realize that there's no going back after that. So. I mean, he did what he did. It's like if you got called for a foul in basketball or called for pass interference, all right, I didn't touch him. Next play. Yeah, but if you you say... It's easier said than done. No, I'm not saying it. You do have to, when you're in a championship match like that... find a way to battle through that, man. Yeah, and just let him go off afterward and get fined as much as you want in the postgame presser. Right, I mean... 
That I was my biggest so. thing. That was my biggest. Like, if, I, I understand so. you're upset. And say your piece, which she did. Right. And then let it go. And then if you have to go back to him after the match, do it then. I, I just think uh, how he did it, like he could have he could have did it, did it a different way. He's notorious for being that type of stickler person. And he's notorious for being a very hard um, um, umpire. So it's essentially... It's one of those things for, and I, I'm not condoning what Serena did, but I can see how you could be put in that position. If you take it even in a work environment and somebody's accusing you of not doing your work or it was plagiarized or any of that stuff, you're going to obviously feel passionate about it because you know in your heart of hearts you didn't do that. If you did do it, then you wouldn't fight it. You wouldn't fight as hard. No doubt. So it's he kind of fuse, one of those things for no sure. And to be fair, I'm a tennis novice. I don't know the culture. I don't know the entire context or mm-hmm. usually how these things are played out. I'm grasping at just a few obvious examples of men and mackerel and things like that and trying to compare and be fair about it. But yeah, maybe maybe uh, I'm being too harsh on Serena. Well, again, there's nobody else like her as far as a tennis player. Yeah. So, I mean, this is our, it's just like dealing with somebody for the first time. You mean this person for the first time, you've never, you don't know these person's habits, stuff like that. So there's nobody else like her. Despite the fact that she's been in the game for a long period of time, it's just kind of, everybody's going to, you know, deal with her differently. I love those, those cartoons. It's just kind of like. Australia's wired a little different too when it comes to black folk. And oh their yeah. Humor is a little bit different. Yeah. I they thought- don't, a lot of times they don't. It sounds bad to say, like, I'm being naive, like, they don't understand when they're fully offending people in the, in the name of being funny. But I do think to a certain degree, a lot of times they don't fully understand when they're offending someone by just trying to be funny about it. And outside of the U.S., people don't realize this a lot of the time, how racist the rest of the world is. Like the Spanish 2008 yeah, basketball photo with the, with the, eyes, yeah. with the uh, Spanish team with Pau Gasol uh-huh. and them making that gesture with their eyes. And they totally thought... That would be fine. Right. Like that's an unbelievable right. uh, different, you know, set of values there when it comes to or sensitivity to racism. Right. Well, I mean, you're also. I mean, we can just go into the rabbit hole. That, like they, like you're also dealing with with slavery, which a lot of countries have either already dealt with or, or it's so far. Yeah, but Australia, that, they never had to deal with anything. Right. They have to deal with that, like Jim Crow in stuff. that, in yeah. that, in that kind of. Uh, kind of vain so you know you're also dealing with all those things that people don't experience however i mean uh, all you for for people to for somebody to break it down and say it's still you guys are pc culture it's still it's still not it's still not offensive is a whole nother issue yeah for not being able to have enough empathy to realize okay i did this and it obviously offends a sect of people i'm sorry about that i didn't intend for it to come out that way right places that are not as diverse you know, I'm sure it's much it's less taboo in places like that because you're around a bunch of people who you think alike, who look alike, yeah. who act alike. So, I know they're getting a stereotype. Yeah, you're not stereotyped because you're not around those sort of people. So yeah. those people are almost like just, they almost don't even exist. They're on yeah. a different planet than you. So they're an easier target and there's less backlash uh, when you do stuff like that, maybe domestically than if it were to have an effect internationally. So yeah. what else do we got, TK? Um, So kind of, we kind of jumped all over the place. So uh, Jeffrey Owens, we actually talked about him last week. He's the Cosby Show uh, mm-hmm. actor. Um, he actually came up. So it was, maybe it's great that somebody spotted him at uh, Trader Joe's. He has a 10-episode te- uh, gig um, with one of Tyler Perry's shows. He also has a guest appearance on N- NCIS New Orleans. Now, episode seven of Queen Radio, um, Nicki Minaj said that she was going to donate uh, 25K to him. 
We saw We talked about that last week. That's right. right. So did However, she actually go through with that? Well, the money hasn't come through. Mm. So on her episode this week, so she's like- on her account or something? Or yeah. What? Well, she, on the episode this week, she's like, we can't find him. We need somebody to put us in contact mm. with him. Um, uh, his people later contacted TMZ. He's like, well, he's very findable and we haven't heard anything from her people. I was say, you, could, you could find him. Uh, his email address is kevinfigures at iheartmedia.com. That's right. Just send it right there. Play it. It's all good. You wow. know, a lot of time that, that PayPal, it takes three business days to, for that transaction to go through. It's just going to take more time for 25 grand, I'm sure. Well, how much they, How much is PayPal? How much are they taking off of that? Percentage wise, if you send if you send it to friends and family, it don't matter. Yeah, through the account, you if you send it through your card, I think they take like twenty five cents. Okay, so. that's it. All right, I thought it was more. I think I I'd be like giving a, money away on this show if they charge certain me certain percentage off of the top. You know, what I mean? wait, you're giving money on the way on the show. Well, yeah. we give away money to the best caller every week, like from your own pocket. From his yeah. pocket. Oh, you balling like that? No. Oh yeah, of you're course. Rich Making that big clipper money, man. I can see why Andre Andre's like on you all the time. I can see it. You have Where's potential. Where's my effing money, Adam? I do drag my feet when so I. So you send it to the, send it to them through PayPal. Yeah. Oh. So you have to have a PayPal, or not okay. a. I prefer Venmo. The, it's so much Venmo? better. Venmo. Yeah. Most people. Do. Well, I don't have that. And if you want money from me, you gotta have PayPal. That's that's Is that a, wrong. That's the same way I looked at him. I know it's radio, y'all, but. Me and TK shot each other a look. It's like, yeah, I looked at him the same way. But hey. Oh, is that not money, fair? His money, his rules, man. Oh, I'm Whatever. sorry. You have to sign up on PayPal, which is a good service anyways. No, Venmo is so much better. You buy on eBay. It's just Venmo's, more, I find it more efficient. But yeah. That's whatever PayPal's works for you. a hassle. I'm not, look, I'm not eligible to win the money either way. So it doesn't I mean, bother but I me. am. You do whatever you want. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> so. If the work you have to go through to sign up for PayPal isn't worth $20? I mean, I already have call. PayPal. You can send me some yeah, money I feel, down. I feel like most people already have it. Uh, just like Venmo just seems but it's just like Skype most people had it at one point now mm-hmm. they just don't remember how to get into it um, that leads me into TK's TKO of the week it's TK's TKO of the week TKO of the week so um, we've had her before and um, I, I feel like you know there's more to come however I think this is more for you Kevin um, mm. she dropped the video uh-oh. After the shoe incident, so my uh, TK's TK all the week goes to Nicki Minaj. She dodged the shoe. Um, she came out still looking glorious. Uh, had the radio show, talked about it, aired it all out, and then dropped the video. Have so you seen the video? So the gigantic ass has not affected her quickness at all. She's still pretty fleet of not foot. Not at all. Good for her. Good Barbie for her. dreams. I have not seen the video. Oh, you should look it up. I have not seen it. I think you're going to like check it. that out. I was watching. Um, Adam, I don't know what's was, you. You, you I'm might not the biggest Nicki Minaj cool. fan. There's just so much fakeness going on right there. I I can't believe it. I mean, her. other than her her butt. I don't know. She might be having something working up top, too. If there. you're going to do some ass previous... injections when you already had a decently sized ass, you're probably doing something else. I don't know how decently sized it was. It was, it was something. I it mean, was, yeah, it was something. It, was okay. it wasn't flat. I mean, it's over the top now, but before. It, it was wasn't like, Kendall Jenner. It was, you know. And then she got, Hill. she got some, I mean, just like, yeah, uh, yeah the, t- uh, the up top and the back, it's like, okay, is there anything real on you now? Uh, yeah, but I makeup mean, plastered waist, on more like, than I mean, is she still a person? Oh, honestly, of course she's a human being and she's a person. Uh, so are you like disgust? You, do you want another TK's TKO? No, not in the least bit. I'm fine. <laughs> I actually pass. Like, I like Nikki's music. <laughs> I have nothing against her music at all. Uh-huh. We're just talking about the. You know the the viability or whether or not she was. Yeah, we're just being very superficial real. about uh, her you guys looks. talk about Eminem's yeah. album. Uh, we have not discussed it. Uh, no, nor have we talked about Mac Miller and his passing. Damn it! Well, I mean that hit me. He, I love his mixtape. He's known. Kids. He's known for. I mean, a lot of rappers are known for that. Um, his he was 
gone hours before somebody actually discovered him. Um, I mean, don't blame. Oh my gosh, what's her what name? Was he twenty six? Ariana yeah. Grande. Don't blame Ariana Grande for it. she's done, moved on. That That's relationship. Horrible. How did you blame her for that? That was years oh, people, ago. Oh, people were actually going after her, and it wasn't people years ago. It was really less than a year ago, people actually. Her and Pete Davidson got engaged like it, right before the summer. It did seem a little expedited, their relationship, but that's them. And apparently she did everything she could to help Mac Miller's addiction problems. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're dealing with that type of that also leads into, if you listen to Breakfast Club and all that good stuff, it also leads to mental, aware, mental, mental, mental awareness and mental health and stuff like that, that um, I think us as a society, especially with social media, like you have people on social media that appear like they're happy all the time, which is not the case. But again, uh, for myself, I only post certain things. And if I'm in a bad mood, I don't want to post that. Yeah. However, it's good to see people do it like, you know, living their life. So it's one of those things that if you're looking at somebody's life and you're thinking it's all perfect, then it makes your life seem like it's terrible. You only see what they want you to see. That's what it is. Right. But you have to realize that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They look at these celebrities and they think these celebrities like every day is a great day for them when despite it, they have money or not, they might have a bad day. You know, going back to what you said a second ago about Nicki Minaj, these guys are human. Right. They have issues like everybody else does, regardless of how much money you may exactly. have. Exactly. And that is an equal She happiness. wants to have a baby and she can't find a man. Now, that's a problem. Yeah. That seems like first world problems a little bit. I mean, she could find him. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, again, it's still. She's the last woman on earth? Or the last... First world problems are still problems. <laughs> it's just like somebody who's very rich. It's still. It's, problems it, are problems. It's still, it's still yeah, a problem. Except you have the means to address them in every <laughs> avenue available to you because of you financially. Well, I don't know. I think there's a certain struggle that comes when you're being a celebrity and trying to, dating can be a little bit difficult. Yeah. You don't know who's real and who's not. I mean, and look at course. Mac Miller. Yes, he just passed away, and he so had the means. We're just saying that their obstacles are are different. They have, they still have the same obstacles. Right. Whether you have issues finding a relationship for whatever reasons you may have, they have theirs too. So because she has more money or more means financially, doesn't mean, doesn't that. mean that it's easier for her or anybody else. Yeah, well, that's all. It's about your mental makeup and the way you go about it. I'm just saying you have options that other other people don't. You talk about mental health awareness and therapy and be, being able to right. Well, if you're talking about that, yeah. things you like go, that, you have to go to therapy. You have to first see well, that that's what we're talking about, right? Wrong well, with that's you. what I was talking about. You see, you mentioned relationships and finding somebody like a if you're talking about mental health awareness and There's things that, that you can too, actually with help Mac yourself. Well, that's yeah, but that's but that's the thing. Yes, that's different than someone finding a relationship. Well, we were talking Mac, about two completely different in, things. With Mac Miller's case and other people's case, a lot of people don't know that they have mental issues because they think that's normal. If you see sure, yeah. your father or your mother dealing with these same issues or have these same problems, then you're going to just think that's normal. When, sure. you know, there's a lot of people who have uh, issues from, you know, their parents because those parents got those issues from their parents. So you don't know to even go and look for it unless you deal with people who are on a different level. But most people in that kind of frame of mind have yes people. So they're saying yes because they want you to still make the money exactly. in order for them to get paid. Yeah. So I, it's kind of a vicious there is, cycle. Of course, truth to more money, more problems. But it's also like have some personal responsibility. All those top athletes that go broke. I have a hard time feeling bad for them. <laughs> really? Do you want to go yes. down this, this rabbit hole too? So you have athletes who their parents have been renting for, you have athletes, their parents have been renting certain places, for instance, like take New York. It's um, under rent control. Their parents essentially passed that down generations. Sure. So you have athletes who have no idea how to manage money. And now, all of a sudden, you, you know, have the ability to get that help, right? To get but that if you knowledge. don't know, if you don't know, if you don't know how to where to look for the help, or if, even if you need help, because all you know is you get money and you spend it. 
The how help is nowadays, especially in all pro leagues, is provided for them. This right. is why they have rookie symposiums. Now, whether you choose They've to listen or not. They've been having that. Well, okay, but whether the athletes choose to listen or not is, is on them. Right. So I can't, to Adam's point when it comes to this particular situation, we were divided on earlier, but mm-hmm. as far as this one, no. There are too many avenues where you can go where you can actually take care of your money. Now there are people who will take advantage of certain athletes, right. and I do think that's different. Having a guy that signed a $5 million contract and right. buying a Bugatti and a Lambo and a mansion Because you've never had stuff like that before. different than and a guy taking his money, hiring an agent or a publicist that sends him down the wrong road ends up, and ends up splurging all of his money. That's different. He just got caught up with a bad person with a bad investment right. as opposed to someone who just wants to... To go back to the more but money, more problems, wants to live like Diddy also need when to they have, ain't making money like Diddy. But you also need to have that mentality. If you growing up, so for instance, I grew up, my dad paid, whenever I had spelling bees, my dad paid me for the spelling bees. They taught me how to save. But as I grew, as I grew, I've met certain people that taught me about money that my parents never told me about. Now I know lots of people with parents, they taught their kids about real estate. And by the time they hurt, hit 18, they sold their first house. It's different things. So if you're not in the mentality of, you know, the longevity, longevity of it, and now you're handed a big check that you've never seen that type of dollar amount ever before. Yeah, you might put your money, you might put some of the money here, but you might spend this money here and then you have family and then you have this. So I'm not saying that it's, um, it's not their fault totally. I'm just saying that you're coming from a, a society where they don't teach that. So in Kanye West's defense now to bring him up, he had that whole thing that people should stop take, stop teaching history, which I think is incorrect completely, but should also teach money management skills. They, that that should, right. that should be something that's in the school system, and that's actually in the Jewish school system, mm-hmm. and it's not in this school system. And so evidence. you have a lot of people who are below the poverty line, not because they're not making the money, it's just they don't know how to manage the money. Sure. And it's evidenced by something we talked about on Hard Knocks with the Browns. I don't know if you saw any uh-huh. of the episodes in one of the players t- educating his teammates on Oh, but savings. incorrectly. Yeah, but just in general, like a savings account, the fact that these guys didn't even know if you take a certain amount of money and it could gain interest for you is like, wow. Yeah. So this is blowing the minds of like a 25-year-old? Like- but this is what they teach in college, but you know what? It's not that important to them because they didn't see it growing up. But I mean, okay, but no. they, okay, but that's where personal responsibility comes. So is it my fault that you weren't paying right. attention? No, in it's, it's it, no, it's it's not your fault. But again, if you have something, here's my thing: if you offer that or if you show that uh, in a pliable way as a child, then you're gonna then that's gonna be second nature to you. Sure. So for me, my my whole thing is of course it's always second nature to have too. advantages over others and are born on third base. I'm just saying, yes, the chips may be stacked against you. You're behind the eight ball a little right. bit. You have to go out there though. And be accountable for yourself and do what you can. Especially when you're given that opportunity to. And you choose not to. Given? Regardless, yes. Look, you guys are given a free education in college. Whether they should be paid given. or not, that's different. You've earned it. Fine. Yes, sure. you've, you've earned it through your athletic prowess or whatever else that you the may have. The classes are available. The knowledge is there to well, absorb. Yes, you are given the opportunity to be able to absorb that knowledge. Now, what you do with it is up to you. And if you choose not to use that and apply it and help yourself with it in your next career, that is your fault. So when Adam says, I don't feel sorry for a lot mm. of these guys, not all of them, but for many of them who end up going broke and you find out the reasons why they went broke, I have no issue with what he said because I know what he meant. And uh, as someone who didn't come from means myself, we can who agree grew to up disagree. in the hood and all of that. Uh, I'm not I, using I take that as your an point that you grow up in different situations and different cultures mm-hmm. and you're put in a difficult situation where you have to pay for family members and this and that and people are grabbing right. at you and you're trying to do what you think is the right thing mm-hmm. instead of maybe the smarter thing or the business savvy thing right. to do. I get it. I, that's tough. I, I'm just saying... 
still, there are obviously guys that do rise above and make the right financial decisions. I mean, the, to me, the ones that I know of, that I know personally, the ones who have ri- risen above and they ev- elevated from NFL into a really great career are the ones who had parents in really good situations. They weren't necessarily rich, but they were doing well that their parents were impactful in their life and they want to emulate them. The ones who aren't weren't doing well or ha- who are not doing well are the ones who... They essentially, their parents were just happy that they got a college edu- a college scholarship. I'm Two sure in totally general that's yeah. true, but it can't be every situation is that cut and dry, and whoever came out of this household has no chance to not go broke, even though they made millions. And you I'm know not- that's not true. Look at Ray Lewis, who just got into the Hall of Fame, who came from one of the worst situations possible. He's turned himself into an entrepreneur and a speaker right. and all of that. But then you also, have to, you also have to see, you also have to ask yourself who he met along the way sure. that, it, that, impacted, that impacted him enough that they left a lasting impression because you said I've sent, I've sat through one of those classes where they talk you talk to you about saving your money and all this other stuff as a student athlete getting a certain certain amount of money um, per month like you're not thinking about saving I was thinking about saving because that's what I grew up knowing to do but you're not thinking about saving if you only have this this amount per month and then on top of that if you're you know you exponential because I like I said I ran track it's different when you play football because now you're on you're now you're on training for six hours you're do, you know what I'm saying you're just trying to live so it's a lot different I'm not saying that you know it's um, not their fault for going broke I'm just saying that they're the for whatever everybody might think. Oh, they they shouldn't go broke at all. There's a possibility because that's just not that's not inherent to them. Yeah, I get it. And I, and I was kind of flippant, like I don't care when these guys go broke. I don't feel sorry for them. I watched the broke documentary, and I did feel sorry for some of those. And there's going to be another one um, mm-hmm. coming out on HBO talking about student athletes, which I'm dying to watch. I hope they get it and, right. And it's because and college it's, it's crazy. is rough because you're making some of the biggest financial decisions of your life mm-hmm. when you don't know exactly maybe what you want to do. The athlete situation might be different if we're talking about guys who know they're going on to play at the next level. And that probably affects whether guys are paying attention or not because they say, well, I'm, I'm majoring in football right now. I can yeah, get an F I think it does. Well, I mean, Mr. Stevenson in, in and, economics and is talking about right now. And then they get a knee injury and all of a sudden real life happens. They don't know how to deal with it. Well, that's like a lot of athletes who, like you, you, once you get to university, depending on what university you go to, you know what level you are as an athlete. So if you know that you're on that cusp where you can actually make money doing that, then you're going to dedicate yourself to that sport. If you know, well, I'm just glad I got a scholarship or a partial scholarship, then you're going to know to we had one girl on the track team. She was trained to be a doctor. She sucked at running. So, you know, obviously she wasn't going to move on. So it's a totally different mentality as far as what type of athlete you are. I I just would say uh, it's easy to have or it's easy to switch up your perspective just by knowing that other people have been through what you've gone through. It all, there's all these cautionary tales right. out there for you to learn from. Right. So maybe, don't be that person yeah. that lives just in the moment and isn't thinking about the future at all but and how their career could go. it depends on who's around them. If everybody around them is just yes people and they're just happy to be riding in the Escalade, going to the party, drinking, you know, popping back bottles and stuff like that. Well, it's cool as long as you ain't dip- paying for it. It's all right. Right. I'll but, hop in Escalade too or right. pop bottles as long You're as gonna I hop in the Escalade, it. but if that if that person who's the football player or the athlete is paying for it and they're just happy that people want to be around them, you know, it just it's well, kind no, of a. It also depends on who you decide to listen to too. Am I gonna listen to all my friends, my hangers on to a degree? Yes. You can also listen to the people who have been there before. Right. The people who are teaching you, the people that are there to help you. Right. And and, and that's what I'm saying. That's that's 
all dependent on who says whatever the words are and that um, that person becomes impactful in your life that you want to emulate. I'm sure for, is it Ray Lewis you said? I just brought up Ray Lewis as an example. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure if you were to sit down with him, there would be one person that said something that made that clicked that made him look into this direction. And he probably is still in, in contact with that person today. That yeah, was the Guaranteed. judge who said not guilty and he got away with murder. I think no, it was okay. actually his aunt <laughs> when, he left his, when he left his mom at 13 and <laughs> moved out. Uh, well, that one's in a direction I was not planning. Yeah. Uh, there you have it, guys. It was guys. a good conversation, as always, with TK Trinidad. Join us in the studio hey. today. Thank that you, TK. That was goodie news, no TK. Thanks for coming here today. No problem. And we appreciate y'all for Hi, listening. Hi, Andre. By the way, I don't know if that was necessary. <laughs> um, Speaking of, do we have any talk as hotline phone calls? We do have a couple of voicemails to get to. 949-478-1197 is the number. TK's here, too, so maybe we have some messages for her. We'll see. 949-478-1197. Let's take a listen. Hey fellas, great show. I um, just wanted to call since we uh, get some movie reviews and uh, TV show reviews and we're supposed to get some uh, album reviews about uh, Marvel's uh, Iron Fist on Netflix. Season 2 came out last week. Uh, it's a lot better than Season 1, which doesn't say much because Season 1 was trash, but they actually uh, don't focus on the main character as much, which was the uh, downfall because the dude couldn't act. And they've actually sped up some of the action sequences, so it's it's a watch, but I mean it's not a must watch. And then uh, of course, I'm sure, everyone's watching Ozark on Netflix, and the Deuce just started again, which was fantastic on HBO. Thanks again, Adam, for the HBO code. And uh, y'all have a good day. All right, later. Forgot I gave that out. That yeah. was a while ago. Yeah, you saw my Iron Fist, which I've not watched. Oh. Didn't you say you tried watching it and it sucked, Adam? I tried. Yeah, and he's yeah. right. Yeah. That season first season out. was brutal, mm. and it's because to- the actor. He's unbelievably he's bad. Well, that's the only reason he's in acting. He was in <laughs> Game of Thrones, I think in the was first, he? I think it's season two or three. He played uh, one, one of, of the, the king's gay lovers. Um, yeah, and he never had a line. And now we know why. <laughs> well, see, I find I actually watched the whole season one. And here's how, because I started with Jessica Jones and it was really hard to get through. Then I watched Luke Cage and I watched the whole season. And then I saw Jessica, like how they tie in the characters. For me, I just, in order to get the the total amount, I went back and watched Jessica Jones knowing like, okay, it's going to lead to Luke Cage. And then I went back and watched Iron Fist knowing it's going to lead to Defender. So that's how I was able to kind of yeah. carry through. But they the were all separate. marketing scheme is working very well, right. Marvel. Yeah. Luke Cage yeah, is the only one they're I've all separate. It's the best one. Yeah. Okay. But that's how, but them, like, for instance, no Iron Fist. No white guilt. It's the best one. Iron Fist um, sure? making uh, making um, an appearance on Luke Cage in the second season. I mean, you know, and that's me. So do I have to go back and watch Jessica Jones in order for the second season I of Luke would. Cage to make there's sense? Certain, there's certain, there's certain, I, I find I got the total package, especially okay. when they all came together. Okay. Um, You may be able to get away with. You know, not knowing certain things. The Defenders was terrible, though. That's what I, and I've yet to hear Everything one was good leading review. towards that, and it was miserable. I turned it off after three episodes. It. The most ardent critics like Adam or people who are just like, you know, watch it on yeah, willy People who know. Everyone see, hates it. See, here's my thing. See, I have an issue. So, like, for instance, Fifty Shades of Grey was terrible, but I read all three books knowing that the movie was going to be terrible yeah. and the movie is going to suck. You got like a I have o- to finish OCD it. or you just have to do it. And ha- I have to finish it. I cannot just let it just 
hang in there. Hang understand. in the balance. I understand. Finish what you start. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and I also like knowing that little things that they mention in one series carries over and you won't be able to pick it up unless you, you watched the it. Other. But again, it's not going to be like, you know, the end of the world type thing. Right. And our friend Brian Seaman is going to be mad at me because I still haven't finished season one of Ozark and season two. I need to watch out. that too. It's yeah. on the queue. No spoilers on season two of Ozark, please, people, because I got to get to that soon. All right. What else, what else do we have next? Roddy Cup preview. And uh, next weekend, start next Friday, uh, Friday after next. Oh, by the way, this is Tori. Um, the European team has not lost probably in our, most of our listening audiences' uh, lifetime. It's been cup. 25 years since America has even been able to win in Europe. Yep. Uh, the European team picks Casey Garcia, Poulter, and Stinson are pretty much status quo experienced guys. The U.S. team, they went with experience in Phil and Tiger, and they were on the team early this year as soon as they showed signs of life. Then they got DeChambeau and Tony Finau. Tony Finau, I wanted to talk about every bit the athlete as Dustin Johnson is, um, basketball, could have played college basketball, dunks the ball, uh, amazing that he dislocated his ankle during the Masters during the Part 3 tournament. Popped it back in and finished seventh. So, uh, be on the lookout. This should be a very good tournament. Um, that's all I got. Didn't he dislocate? For life. Yeah! FNA forever! Didn't he dislocate you, his ankle celebrating like a Grammatica brother? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> And Tori's right. We've been getting dominated by the Euros in we the have. Ryder Cup. We, we have for a while. We won the last one, though, no. in 2016. But we lost three before that. One in 2008. I remember we freaked out. Guys were jumping up and down, celebrating. I want to talk about Dustin Johnson and his girlfriend and Legretzky and the other chick and all that stuff. TMZ got anything on that whole thing? Gretzky? Paulina, Paulina Gretzky, Gretzky and Dustin Johnson, and there one. was like a whole threesome thing going. No, but just announced yeah. that uh, Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin went to go get their marriage license. Yeah. Oh, I'm so Poor excited. Selena. I'm so excited for them. She needs a shoulder to cry on. Selena, Selena's fine. I saw she's some pictures of her the other day. <laughs> no, she's, she's, she's perfectly fine. Are you saying you want to cry on her shoulder? I watched Spring Breakers. Hey, I've seen that movie. Peter from North oh Dakota God. in Dublin now, living here, studying here. I call in mostly to make sure that I don't have to, uh, you don't have to give money to, uh, what's his name again? All right. So I had to explain to a guy who's British what Groundhog Day was, oh, which was the most ridiculous shit, because as soon as I started talking about, like, hey, this rodent decides what the weather is, I realized it's ridiculous. <laughs> so what's the most normal thing that you do as, like, an American or a Californian or whatever that you think would be ridiculous Drink trying to explain tea. to a foreigner or somebody who wasn't from here? All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Something that we do in America that a foreigner would find weird. Um, I don't know. The, the water in our or toilet in, goes clockwise. Or in California. That's the thing, oh, right? Oh, California. There's so many weird stuff. Is that our first call from overseas? Peter's in Dublin, In Dublin Island? now, yeah. That's impressive. And I would give him the money normally, but I'm thinking nobody should win this week. Oh, boy. We have one more. We got another we one? We have one more call to get to, by the way, before we... <laughs> Before we get out of this. I um, think uh, adding avocados is like a California that's thing. That's a good call. And I will eat avocado all day it's very long. Cal- very cal- it's very California. avocados in Mexico. That you can get- There's avocados in Florida. Yeah, but it's not. Avocados it's- in Mexico is just like just part of the thing. Avocados here is like a like 
and it like what rich people do. It's very not. It's Ooh. not even rich, but it's I'm like very, avocado toast. Well, so yeah. I ain't that rich. I eat avocados all yeah. the damn time. There's so many items now on Starbucks. menus that say California style, and that yeah. usually includes avocado. Starbucks yeah. might be an American thing overall. I don't know. If right. It's the fact that people go and spend six dollars on a drink is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. Yeah, that's one. Okay. I don't know if anything else that I would consider weird or bizarre. I mean, Groundhog Day. We're bizarrely healthier than everybody else, but that's because everybody out here is so freaking vain because everybody wants to be an actor or something. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, you do work out a little bit more than that. Speaking of menus and restaurants. (laughs) Last one. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Adam. What up, man? That's bad local knowledge on your part. How are you going to talk about arcades and not even mention the family arcade across from LACC? I guess if it's not in Burbank, you guys don't know about it. Oh, you should check out that arcade out. You don't need a card arcade in your house if you go to the arcade. All right, this is Tony from Georgia. Love the show. Great job, guys. Oh, dirty south in the building, Georgia. Thank you, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. What arcade do we forget about? From LA, it's across the street from LACC. Okay. L.A. City College? I don't know what... I went to that college just for one class. And you didn't see the arcade? Physiology. No, but I was studying a lot back oh, then. Oh, were you? I was just finishing strong. I had senioritis, and it was mm. the last class I had to take. The last test I ever took in college was that physiology So class. you were like those athletes in the economics class. You were just sitting in the back like, man, I can't wait to get the F out of here. Forget what the teacher is saying about you know, escrow and savings accounts and, I, and, and things of that nature. Forget all that. <sighs> Oh I was listening pretty hard because I was this. stressing about having to stay in college longer. It's like, screw your IRA, Mr. Stevenson, if that is your real name, mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you. You're Roth, yeah. too. So, yeah, I got to look that up, though. The LA's, uh, There's an arcade across the street from LACC. Okay. I got to roll by LACC sometime soon. Thanks for calling in, Tony. Yeah. And it's like, I got another get... full slate of calls. I'm from the city. Talking about it. I got <laughs> more calls than Bruins. Just talk. I, so don't get on that Petros and Money tip and say, like, oh, you on Burbank. Yes, I'm here now. I live here now. That doesn't mean I'm from here. Okay? What's part of the city? You want to know where he's from? You know where he's from? Kevin Figgins! 78th in Vermont. Let's teach! Kevin Figgins! Can't even hear that. 78th in Vermont. Kevin Figgins! Who made that song for you? Going to too many concerts if you can't hear that. That's right. <laughs> no, I too think much it might Were you at that Smashing Pumpkins concert that I was at? <laughs> no. My ears are still ringing. When did you go to that? That was a week and a half ago. It was kind of a bucket list thing for me. He I finally went, look got over to here. see Smashing Pumpkins. He won. I didn't go. I thought about inviting Kevin. I don't know if I would have went. <laughs> yeah, that's why I figured. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone. Although if it was I free. I mean, it was free. If it was free, maybe I would have I would have gone. gone. Yeah, why not? Those were free for me. Those freaking tickets were expensive. Did you bring oh. a girl? No. So you went by yourself? No. <laughs> I brought a buddy who likes the Smashing Pumpkins. Kind of. Oh. That I knew it was, it was, he was a white guy, and I just saw a random white guy, and I knew he'd enjoy it. <laughs> guy on the street. Hey, y'all, y'all can see TK's face. That was hilarious. Y'all don't even, you even you, know the face that you You know made. any That's Smashing good. Pumpkins songs, TK? No. Not even 1979? Probably. Not like, I mean, if you, if you played it, I probably you heard it, it. You yeah. know it? Yeah. yeah. You listen to K-Rock. Nine four nine four seven eight eleven ninety seven the number. So who wins the money? We had a lot of calls this week, Adam. Nobody's winning. TK what? wins the money. I'm sorry. Wow. Nobody's winning. I'm uh Are you just you just on the hater alert today or what? Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm a little upset. Don't hater give in to hate. No, here's what's gonna happen. A little stingy today? Next week we're giving away a real prize. Okay. And I want a lot of people to call in for this. I got a download code for the new Spider-Man game, which seems to be a big deal. Ooh! Now, I think you have to have a PS4. Maybe it's only on PS4. I don't know. That's where I saw the download code. It was on Amazon. 
And that's what's going to happen. So the second show next week will give away a Spider-Man video game to the nice. best call, whatever we deem that being Especially based off creativity or just people praising us. Great for the video game freaks out there. That's a pretty sweet prize. I like that. I'm switching it up a little bit. That's pretty good. Why not? So again, 949-478-1197 to leave us a voicemail. Let us know what is on your mind. Spider-Man. At TK Trinidad, by the way, is where you can find TK on all social media platforms. Yeah, TMZ. Uh, Afterbuzz TV. What am I missing? Uh, TMZ, Afterbuzz. What else are you seeing? Black Hollywood Live, you have like Web. Nine different Why is it gonna be Black alert. Hollywood Live? Huh? Um, because uh, oh, there's enough White Hollywood Live. Going yeah, crossing fingers for another big, big organization. Okay, might be right. a move, guys. Might be a move. All right, we'll stay tuned on that one. All right, we'll see. If you can join Entertainment Tonight or something pretty soon. Who maybe, knows? maybe you we'll know. see. You and Kaepernick pairing up at Nike. I'll take that. I would too. I'll sign that contract. I'll call my my waves. I'll call my waves down to an afro in a hot second. Your girl Serena's with them too. She's been with them. Yeah, she's been with Nike Uh, forever. I'm saying she was in the commercial, the most famous Nike commercial since the last Nike commercial. Uh, I want to say when Jordan played himself. But that's a Jumpman commercial. I guess it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's still under know. the Nike umbrella. It is. So it's all the same. That's to one me. of my favorites. Well, I got next. <laughs> At K Fit, wasn't that the uh, what, WNBA slogan? <laughs> we got next or something mm-hmm. like that. Congrats to Seattle. Yes. The hey, football, who the, needs the Sonics? They want like their ninth WNBA the title. Oh, or whatever th- it is. Th- that pass already? That was yesterday. Oh, jeez. What happened to women female I'd expect that I from know. us. I know, not from you, well, TK. No, it, no I, I mean, OGs that I feel like they don't even, um, it's not even marketed. Like, I didn't hear, I'm, I'm listening. LeBron tweets about it. Right. I, I get that. Like, I know they were playing because I know generally when the season starts and ends. But, like, like they didn't talk about it in, on Undisputed, um, Speak for Yourself. Like, all the, like, dis, the no, talk shows where they talk about sports, that wasn't even, like, a topic. They're going to debate Cynthia Cooper versus Cheryl Swoops they, all time. That's two I mean, women who retired 20 years ago. I mean, yeah. there has to be something that they could talk about, and it's not included in the rundown whatsoever. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, you it's could not invent that popular. something if you wanted to, but the, the general populace is just not interested in WNBA basketball. Right, but is it, are they not interested because you're not, they're not presenting it to them? Mm, because, maybe. for instance, like a some member, say it's the product on the floor. I don't know. Well, I don't watch. Well, that's what I'm the saying. Product on the floor. Look, you can't watch it and expect it to be NBA basketball, obviously. Right. I've said before, if I got nothing to do when a WNBA game is on, I might not turn it off. I've watched games before. I've been to Sparks games. I saw, I've been. I've, I covered the Sparks. Yeah. Like, I, I've I, been to Sparks games, but it's I've just. I've probably seen Candace Parker play in person seven or eight times. You know, you it, know what that sounds experience. like. Though. Three yeah. of my closest friends it are African American. It really does come off the way, doesn't it? I've watched multiple uh, WNBA games. Yeah. <laughs> I have, though. I mean, come on. I mean, the events are great. You don't have to deal with the traffic. Yeah, I mean, that's you true. You don't have hey, to wait in line. You got your pick of the house, man. You can sit yeah, wherever, you, can hell see you, wherever want. you want. Uh, FNAPodcast.com is where you can listen to the show, stream the show. Click on the Amazon banner on that website as well before you do any sort of shopping on Amazon. Uh, if you win the prize next week from Adam from Amazon, and if you want to buy, can you buy the game through PlayStation on Amazon and how that works? Why is women's college basketball so popular? Then they get to the WNBA and people stop caring. That's all. That's always been a thing. Like they're dunking, just, they do all the crazy just stuff Just allegiances in college, they... to colleges and people can get excited about UConn winning every game. Well, I think that's it because there's like dynasties in college. You know, between Baylor, between UConn. It's an absurd UConn, dynasty though. Yeah, between UConn, Baylor, and who? There's another one that I'm missing. Just these three dominant programs. Tennessee. Uh, and Notre Dame. Used to be. Uh, and for, for the longest time, and of course, rest in peace to Pat, uh, Pat Summit. 
you you have like the same dominant four or five programs that win the college basketball championship every single season. Um, and why so, it doesn't translate well in the WNBA because the girls are extremely it's the talented. They're just, this marketing's part of it. There just isn't the. I mean, they don't have dynasties like that either. You know, they don't make money in the WNBA. They yeah, make they more of their money overseas, overseas for yeah. that. Um, so it is mo- still relatively new. What ninety five, ninety six? It was ninety five. Yeah, I believe so. Um, it just, I just don't think it moves the needle as much as what it is. People just yeah, aren't but the interested. fact that these women have to go, I blame TK, not Karen. Kind of crazy. That's right. Like, I mean, I got to interview Candace Parker, and she talked about this. The fact that I got to interview Candace Parker, which is one of the top women in the game and how she's so easily accessible right uh, yeah it's yeah. kind of it kind of like, really is kind of okay, weird yeah. isn't it so i mean the fact that i got to do that was weird in itself she I needs mean, more bodyguards like Nicki minaj that would make it seem like a bigger bigger deal right no well i mean she also brought it up when she was on that uh, lebron james um tv show yeah the barbershop barber she was talking about like um women and what they what they can do and the fact that lebron is kind of doing the things differently with his daughter etc um but yeah it's crazy that You've been dedicated to the sport for so long and you still have to, you know, tear yourself away from your child if you have one and go overseas to play in order to just live. I've heard this before and I think this would be wise. Lower the hoops. Lower the hoops to eight and a half, nine feet. We do realize the balls are smaller in the WNBA, yeah, right? Are. But the hoops yeah. stay the same. So they do have a huge advantage. So why not also give them an advantage with lowering the hoop I mean, and getting more exciting plays at the rim? Yeah. Why? Why not? It's beneath them. They're using a smaller ball already. And I mean, if they're complaining about the lack of pay, which they are, which it's all about entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's what? all about eyeballs. Yeah, it's about I mean, eyeballs. How much money you garner in the beginning, though? Now it just feels like if you lower the hoops, then in especially in the era that we are in now, then you're just essentially saying that. Um, women are not as good as men, and we have to create um, different. And I know what you're about to say, and I already agree what with you. What am I going to say? But I'm just saying. Tell me what, what I'm going to say? say. That's well, you're going to say, well, women are not equal to men, and I don't, I don't think I wasn't so. Gonna say in certain instances, <laughs> I was. I, in certain instances, <laughs> we're in f- physically speaking, women are not physically equal to men. There are some women, some women who are physically physical to you, are um, closer, sure. Right. So it's just kind of like if they weren't going to do that, they should have did that in the beginning. Given where we are now and what we're talking about and everything else, the it's, likelihood of that, the people it, doing that is not going to come over well. It, I, I feel like, and it goes back to Serena and challenging men, and she would get smoked by the best men. She admits to that. She said that forever. Right. But people shouldn't point that out or make that comparison to diminish her accomplishments or right. anything like that nor lowering the hoop in basketball. It's just about making it more exciting. I want to know, are the volleyball nets the same? I want to know. Professional volleyball uh, or college volleyball, are they the same height? I mean, given the fact that the women are extremely tall tall who play. I would assume so, but I don't know that for a fact. I don't know. I would think so. I'm just saying that they the, tall in basketball too. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, say, I'm just saying the the likelihood of them doing that, especially since, because with, with if you look at volleyball, volleyball, you have a particular group of individuals and guarantee they're not making anywhere near the money that basketball players are making unless they're kind of doing those tournament stuff. But there are eyes on WNBA. And if you were to lower the basketball, the basketball net, there would be issues. And that would be one of the issues. Now, somebody who's just like a extreme, like we're going to just do it this way and try it, then they should do that. But they're afraid of the backlash that would happen. Yeah. They'll feel like you're taking a step back yeah. or women are taking a back seat further. It's like, Oh, see this pro further proves that women are inferior to men. Well, they've forgot set them, to say that they've set themselves up for this by trying to act with the promotional stuff that says we got next 
and acting like it's the exact same game just with women. It's not. It's a different type of game. And it could be a more skilled game, and there's a lot of women sharpshooters that are out there in the WNBA. Right. But if you're going to accentuate plays at the basket and having more than a couple dunks a year, which is a big reason why people watch basketball for that excitement highlight play, then I don't see why not. And from what I'm seeing, the women's net is lower in volleyball. So they're okay with it in some areas. I don't know. I remember the standard you. has always been that way, too. So. But there's not as many eyes. Yeah. Not that there's that many eyes on WNBA either. Well, I think there's more eyes on WNBA than there is on of course. women's Yeah, volleyball. sure. Because it gets a yeah. larger contract and yeah. seasonal, and it gets the backing of the NBA. Mm-hmm. At what point, however, though, minimally. Right. Are we going to say it's not working the way it is now? <clears throat> it's, it's not. It, it should be more popular than it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. You need somebody to do an executive decision and say, we're going to do this. So, for instance, if you take um, the Lingerie Football League, they changed their name to Legends Football League. People still call them Lingerie Football League, but they made that change. Um, On top of that, they took out um, the girls are no longer wearing those little briefs. They're wearing tights now. Like that increased viewership or um, honestly, I think you have your core amount of viewers. that are going to like watching hot girls, whether they're wearing tights or not, play football. Then you have the people who don't care. So it, I don't think it changed the viewers what so much whatsoever. It might have gained a few more women viewers because now they don't see it as sexist. But it's more legitimate. Yeah, that they they made an executive decision like this is what we're gonna do, okay. and there was no you know backlash. Again, there's not there's not nowhere near as many um, eyes on um, lingerie football as there right. is to WNBA. Well, if we're but, talking 23 years in now with the WNBA, adjustments have to be made. <laughs> If you want to put yourself on the same level or even close to it, the same stratosphere as the NBA is, yeah. but just to realize that culture. it's not working. Mm-hmm. Realize that whatever you're doing isn't working. And if the players want to complain about not making enough money, which is fine. I think they make like 22% of basketball-related income, which isn't high to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like people say, well, why don't you collectively bargain it? It's like, all right. If the if the WNBA players decided to strike, the league would go away because the league doesn't care enough. Yeah. It doesn't make enough money. So there yeah. isn't a lot. If like they, you can if, play overseas. Yeah, if they strike, no one will care, and the league will just disband. So they would never do that. So yeah. they're caught in a stalemate right now. So the only way to get themselves more popular is to do something different. And right. I can't say for certain the product has gotten worse, but I do know I watched it more early on. I remember those Houston Comet teams were dominant, and I enjoyed that, and I haven't watched much lately. I remember when the Kings, the Monarchs, won a championship, but not much else other than yeah, that. I mean, and it, the L.A. Sparks. Yeah, I mean, you still have and some Lisa of the— Lisa Leslie. Yeah, those franchise players are still around. Lisa Leslie, I think she's part of the um, behind-the-scenes for the Sparks. Um I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Right. I when I watched the games, it wasn't. Well, we've at least yeah. offered one solution, whether or not people like it. I'm just well, saying, I mean, there's got to be I some tweaks. That would be that would be the better solution opposed to I think some people made solutions as far as uniform uniforms, and that's definitely not happening. No, no, no. So. You mean skimpier uniforms? Yo, or, yeah, I'm sure they'll go for that. <laughs> well, I mean, teaches them because they do have soccer like. Uh, sponsors now in their uniforms. Was yeah, that a way wearing... to make more money for the league, I'm guessing? Well, oh, it definitely was. I mean, well, yeah, a lot of pro- But that's also a sign yeah. that 
Things aren't going well. Oh, no. well, I mean, but I mean, soccer, who makes more money than them? And they've been doing it for years. And the NBA is, is getting closer and closer towards that, too. Yeah. So uh, whenever you can get an extra revenue stream, however it can come, I just, anyone's doing it. I couldn't even see the Storm logo on the jersey last night when they posted a picture on Twitter afterwards when they won well, the game. I mean, I was they, like, yeah, well, they have to pay these girls. It's some Swedish company. I don't yeah, know what's going on. Some people look at Man U. It's like it doesn't even say Man U on it. It says PlayStation. I'm just brought, sure. doing a random. So that happens. It's, yeah. That's not foreign. But in um, with WNBA, it's like, we already don't know the teams very well, and you're covering them up They're with sponsorship. It. I think the I know, sparks say farmers to, on them. <laughs> you have to pay the girls. Get every penny yeah. you can possibly get. Yeah. All so, right. so uh, another left turn on the show today. Man, this is Look what you did, this was different. I like it. I kind of like it, though. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, we're back next week, so uh, stay tuned. Check your local listings. By that, I mean at FNA Show on Twitter. At KFIG1 is where you can find me on Twitter at follow Adam A at TK Trinidad, FNA Show on Instagram and Facebook.com slash FNA Show oh, yeah, as well. And don't We're forget the, the website, FNAPodcast.com, FNA Amazon Banner, Ripped Apparel. You like cool t shirts? So do we. RippedApparel.com. Use the FNA promo code. You get 10% off Ooh. anything that you purchase, TK. Oh. Hey, you guys DVD. wear shirts? We have shirts. That's right. <laughs> They're not even That's for our show. That's where you're getting the money from. <laughs> but we do have awesome shirts that we help promote on this show, and they help us out a little bit, too. I 10% guess. off. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. Talk as Hotline. Next week, Spider-Man video game giveaway. And it's not the old school one for Nintendo or anything like that. Nintendo, We're talking about the new one. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to try to get out of this in that way. I'm not trying to get out cheap. <laughs> All right. For Adam, I'm Kevin. She's TK. Thanks for coming in again. Ciao. This has been another edition of the FNA Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. If the world is still here on Monday, we can talk. <laughs>